0: This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Audible and you lovely listeners can go to audibletrial.com/lasertime and get started with a free audiobook in a free 30-day trial. Laser time is the terror that flaps in thine ears... Laser Time <laughs> is uh, the rub and tug for your nostalgia. Hi, everybody! Welcome to another episode of Laser Time. Uh, I am Chris Antista. I'm Let's Get Dangerous, Dave Rudden. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Dave. What a great segue into what we're about to do. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of an interesting episode, slightly different from what we normally do. What? Yeah, because um, the Disney Afternoon Collection just came out uh, on Steam, Xbox, and PS4. It's a collection of. Where's the, the Switch? Where's that- the Switch version. Stop it!
1: Want stop it! One Switch version.
0: Look, just enjoy the miracle this was never <laughs> supposed to happen again but they just came out on uh, PS4 Xbox one in Steam six games DuckTales one and two tailspin Darkwing Duck Rescue Rangers one and two, oh. uh, and so I wanted to talk. I've been doing a ton of research. Uh, I made some videos. Yeah, uh, for the Disney Afternoon collection, which you can find on our YouTube channel and underneath the show. So I just done a ton of research, and I figured, hey, why not dump this into a laser time? Yeah. Give catch everybody back up to really one of my favorite times in television and animation mm. ever. But also, we reached out to Tad Stones, the, the like who was instrumental in the animation of all the uh, Disney Afternoon stuff we'll be talking about, and the creator of Darkwing Duck and uh, Rescue Rangers. So we will start off, start you off with a bit of an overview of what the Disney Afternoon
2: was, or is, uh, and then we'll bring Tad in. I mean, we not only changed Dark, our Launchpad's personality, mm-hmm. made him a lot stupider. <laughs> um, he was a lot stupider. We, we changed his design. If you look at the old oh, model wow. sheets and the Darkwing model sheets, he looked entirely different. Hmm. Uh, and Bob Mackie
0: will join us and we'll talk to him about uh, his contributions to those shows. I, can, I cannot wait to see how you guys like this episode. This is, again, you know me. Mm-hmm. If you know me, you know I'm really into the Disney afternoon. DuckTales is one of my favorite things in the universe, but had a lot of fun rediscovering all these shows. And yeah. I couldn't believe how much they held up especially one we will get to in a little bit. Yeah. What what was your position with the Disney Afternoon? Uh
1: like I thought I mm-hmm. thought I liked it more than I ended like when you got the collection mm-hmm. and I got to see the games and I I realized like I liked DuckTales but mm-hmm. I kind of was in the dark about uh, a lot of the rest of the the of those cartoons and mm-hmm. I I'm Trying to figure out why it's—I guess it's just because like the settings didn't really work for me in a lot of these cases. Really, like Tailspin—I don't think I would watch a cartoon about a airplane pilot. I'm watching Wings for that so you reason. So were, you were a little Buster. girl. No, no I, but I was thinking, like, why did I like DuckTales Pi- so much? I think airplane I like,
0: pirates, uh, I tropical think, setting, that doesn't do anything.
1: I think I liked DuckTales. Cause,
0: surfing on clouds with Kit the Cloud Kicker hmm, does nothing for you.
1: I think I liked DuckTales mm-hmm. because that was like... I would watch the premise of DuckTales if it was humans, too. Totally. Like... An old man t- like taking care of kids. That was everywhere. That was like that was Mr. Drummond on different strokes. Was. and then the three kids. Oh, those are like chipmunks.
0: So and, boom. And they're you. Got you. Me. Yeah. And they're essentially you as little kids. Someone dragging you along on adventures across the globe. And yeah. I love that. Like the Ducktales font ripped off the Indiana Jones. Yeah. But I think oh, really? Lucas or Spielberg were pretty open about like indiana jones is ripping off the ducktales comics that we grew up reading because oh. that's pretty much what he did in search of treasure yeah uh the down to like the boulder mm-hmm. i believe that's straight out of oh, yeah. a comic book with scrooge mcduck in it but we will get to that uh like i just wanted to know your history i mean obviously these cartoons have lived much longer yeah uh than most cartoons from our uh, our history and, and part of that is because like man if you go back and revisit stuff let's start us out build you a scene 1985 yeah. Not a great mm-hmm. time for television animation. No. Not a great time for animation in general. No. It's a time where, if you're listening to Thirty Twenty Ten or other show where we look back yeah. 30, 2010 years ago, the eighty six segment from last year was fascinating because it like Disney at this point is essentially only making like they make a movie every year now,
1: yeah,
0: as well as Pixar sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So you get like all these animated movies every year, whereas the, every four years Disney was making animated films, yeah, and you have some great ones in there like Robin Hood and Rescuers. Uh, as well as some really, really troubled productions like Fox and the Hound and The Black Cauldron. I don't know that Disney Man. thought it was going to continue theatrical animation because it was so expensive and a failure was really costly.
1: And The Black Cauldron, I know that one's referenced as like, that almost sunk Disney's Yeah, Yeah, it would, but
0: they would take like five years to make this thing. Yeah. And just an investment of five years, even if it was the cheapest thing in the universe, yeah. that's really scary. I can't imagine... And I know-
1: the Black Cauldron is why mm. uh, Chipmunk Adventure looks so good. Because mm-hmm. uh, everyone got laid off from, from that movie. Well, yeah. that's
0: complicated. Yeah, which we're, we're actually
1: going to be getting to that soon on 3027. But the, the
0: landscape is yet. also weird because Disney didn't own everything yet, just yet. Mm-hmm. They did. They not only did not own Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, their own channel, the Disney Channel, yeah. had started in 1983. But Disney did not yet own ABC, Freeform, Disney XD, ASPN, Maker Studios, 30% of Hulu, 50% of A&E Lifetime, and the History mm-hmm. Channel. They didn't own any of that just mm-hmm. yet. So they had to, like, their cable channel, do you remember Disney Channel started out as, like, a premium subscri- yeah, yeah. subscription channel? My parents we were get, like,
1: it like, a free weekend every now
0: and then. Yeah, and I'm weird. not paying $15 a month to yeah. watch old Chip and Dale cartoons, yeah. and I curse them, like, <laughs> wag my fist at them so hard. But they, I think they wanted to make original animated programming for that, but there wasn't the audience for it. Because no. it was a premium channel with less of an audience, yeah. so they would make stuff for network television. Yeah. But at the meantime, animation at that time, mm-hmm. I think of, like, three things as an example of things I loved. But don't hold up that great. The mm-hmm. one that holds up the best, Voltron. Oh, yeah. Voltron. I remember first falling in love with Voltron on syndicated TV. And if uh, we have to explain that to some of our uh, UK listeners. Mm-hmm. That syndicated is like, you know, there's network, yeah. first-run programming. That's where, like, free. Everybody in the country, yeah. if you have a TV, you can access NBC, ABC, mm-hmm. CBS. And there were tons of uh, independent channels who would license programming from other people either reruns Mm -hmm. or original programming. So Disney was making stuff for that audience. Ah. You had some cable animation, but Voltron's a good example because most of it was import. Japan was making stuff for its networks, And they would bring it over to America and localize it. Okay. Transformers, all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and you think about watching Nickelodeon, one of my first favorite shows, Danger Mouse. Yeah. We did a comment a visual commentary on it on our Patreon, patreon.com slash so laser that was time. In Japan? No, that was made in England. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But but cable okay. could not afford to even begin oh, yeah. to embark on making its own animated oh, yeah. programming. They had to rely on foreign countries to produce yeah. it and then license it from it and localize okay, it yeah, best yeah. they could. That's why Danger Mouse was a half an hour show, yeah. but on the BBC with no commercials, so Nickelodeon would get it, add in commercials, the show would be like 47 minutes, and they'd have to add Banana Man, if you yeah. remember, because it, otherwise it wouldn't ah. meet. It would they would turn the show into an hour essentially, yeah. with Banana Man. Uh, but He-Man, I loved it so much. It is the worst thing in the universe. Yeah. I think we all can agree.
1: Yeah, I mean we yeah that's a discovery we made, especially mm-hmm. with uh, with Danger Mouse, is mm-hmm. that. Like yeah, it's uh it's oh, not great animation. It is actually very poor and like you, you got to Japan is kind of picking up the slack where like Disney is is kind of yeah. slipping and like well, like their their cartoons are more profitable, whereas like Western animation, animation coming from England, it's yeah. got to be very cut rate and uh,
0: it, cheap. The Danger Mouse thing we watched, I just said like drink every time they try and <laughs> they try and cut around movement or yeah. put their hands in front of something in front of their mouth so they don't have to move it. Yes, it's it, they cut corners everywhere. If just think of you think like all the animation that doesn't hold up from what we grew up with, yeah, like Hanna Barbera stuff, limited yeah. movement, Rocky and Bullwinkle funny dialogue yeah almost uh, no yeah. movement and like you can see where they like insert a little circle of mm-hmm. animation over like t- yeah. like a whole uh. screen of static yeah like static movement um but one of the things we did get uh, to watch and that's I, I think what led Disney to embark on this television programming was built on licensing old theatrical cartoons mm-hmm. that were incredibly well-crafted, yeah. very well-received, and beloved for years. I I hate that they're kind of gone yeah. from the airwaves because uh, my grandparents hey. love them. My parents love them. I love them. Some of my children, my friend's children, yeah. are young enough to remember when the, you yeah. could watch Bugs Bunny and yeah. Donald Duck cartoons uh, on the air, but I don't think that really exists in this country. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that it exists in foreign countries. that They're very easily localized. But Disney had not yet mounted a television animated division. I think they were str- their whole animated vi- division was struggling. Yeah and trying to embark on television. So they're making they're making programming for all uh, all these other channels. And this is what was really weird. Going back and looking up the history of the Disney Afternoon.
3: Everybody's busy. Just a little dizzy, you a Disney Afternoon.
0: So in case you don't know before we start off the Disney Afternoon, uh, air started in 1990 and aired until about 1998. It was a 2-hour block of cartoons uh, that aired featuring a rotating cast of shows. We're only going to be talking about a couple of them, four of them to be specific, the ones that are represented in the Disney Afternoon Collection because that's what I've done the most research on. But yes... Hats off to Bonkers Goof Troop, Marsupilami, Quack Pack, <laughs> uh, all that other stuff that didn't make it in here. And we're going to talk about what led up to that. Okay. So where did they start? I I was wrong, because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to start here. but I'm gonna, So I'm going to do it anyway, because yeah. we talked about it on 302010. It was a backdoor, or it was laser time. We did a show about backdoor pilots. Okay. And the failed Disney venture, Fluffy Dogs.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. You mean you can just open doors and walk right into other worlds? Yeah. The problem
0: is you might never get back home. So that's adorable dogs who can time travel, like jump through dimensions. It turned out to be the lowest rated program on the air that week of ABC. Did not go. And uh, as you'll see, Disney launches most of their syndicated content with a movie, and that's air quotes, four or five episodes strung together. It did not go. That happened in 86, but something happened one year earlier, and I wanted to see if you could remember it. Um, David, do you remember the Wuzzles? Wuzzle Wuzzle? The Wuzzles! The Wuzzles was, uh, it aired on CBS September of 1985. Uh, that was the show uh, that, it's one of the only shows I could see that's created by Disney CEO Michael Eisner. Wow. I forget exactly what it was about. It was narrated by Stan Freeberg, but it was uh, a bunch of animals that combined together to make, let's just say, action figures. So, like,
1: Voltron, <laughs> but for cute things? For
0: cute things. And, like, so their designs are really, you know, pretty striking, and I, I people who were there remember it very well. Mm-hmm. So if I were to... Here, I'll draw you in. Here's a little quiz. Mm-hmm. There's a character named Bumble Lion, Dave. Yeah. What do you think he's a combination of? Bumblebee and Lion. Dave, that is correct. Yes. Uh, what about Rhino
1: Key? Uh, rhino and Monkey? David, run,
4: yes. run and roll!
1: Ella Roo. Elephant Kangaroo. This is Yes. You sure you didn't watch this show? <laughs> well, see the thing is that title. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I kind of understand how it's an early effort of, of Disney because it's like that is not a great title. No, I, no. I mean I they guess got they got maybe, sued.
0: They got maybe. sued by many like a couple of other people because it was so such a similar title to yeah. other kids' products. There's
1: like the noozles. Yeah, I remember them from Nick, Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Those are like the koalas that you when you rub their nose mm-hmm. they become alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's like The Wiggles mm-hmm. Those are more of a modern thing With the Now I don't know What you're talking a, about A group of weird singers mm. Who built the kids But yeah Wuzzles That the is Wuzzles
0: just, And it, it wasn't a big success And this is Again we're talking about Precursors to the Disney afternoon mm-hmm. So this is airing On Saturday mornings Yeah Where like if you, th- It's a different world now Because networks tend to Kind of own most of the content That they make But NBC was just like, yeah, we'll buy your Turbo mm. Teen or your Captain and the Game Master or your Save. They own Saved by the Bell, mm. but they would oh. just they would just buy cartoon product from other people. And this is Disney entering in that field for the first time. Uh, that what I didn't know, Wuzzles was a su- success on Saturday morning. It has thirteen episodes on CBS mm. that very same day in 1985. Disney launched on NBC the Gummy Bears.
1: Oh, okay. Bye.
0: I'm sure you remember this theme. I'm sure everybody remembers this theme. Uh, And this was, guess what? Gummy Bears was successful. Ah. That's the one we remember. I mean, it was here and there and everywhere. Everywhere, Dave. Everywhere. Bouncing
1: something without a care.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and it was uh, so popular that it eventually moved networks. And it was combined with another thing I did not want to give short shrift to because I just had to play this theme song. 1988's The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Because he's
3: just...
0: You can believe that theme song is by Joseph Williams, son of John Williams. Wow! Lead singer of Toto, and by that wow. I mean Africa.
1: Yes, that's amazing.
0: That's I, I thought that was insane. Um, but eventually, Gummy Bear switched networks and became part of a block on Saturday morning yeah. with the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh.
1: But I mean, is Winnie the Pooh? This is the first instance of Disney using a, a previously established character do, to yes anchor a show. Because yes, and
0: this has the most evidence, and I don't know this because ABC didn't purchase uh, a- Disney didn't purchase ABC until 1991, and yeah. these are on ABC right now. But I remember all been,
1: those Roseanne episodes.
0: They've been long; they were long partners before that. Right. Di- ABC essentially financed up to half of Disneyland yeah. when Walt Disney was looking for money. They've been in bed for for a while. They that's where the Magical World of Disney show came yeah. from. Was this partnership with uh, the ABC network? But also, Nicktoons are not around until 1991. Oh, there's yeah. not a lot of, oh there's not yeah. even cable original programming, and Pooh did start on Disney Channel, and it, there it kind of remained. It was on, I remember you, when we did get Disney Channel, it was on every day. Yeah. Uh, but Gummy Bear is not the same, but they, they ran in a block uh, after like 1988, and I did not know that there was, yes, a theme song. The Gummy Bears and Winnie the Pooh Power Hour on ABC Saturday mornings. Uh, But the Gummy Bears remain popular. And since, I guess, Disney Channel claimed their stake in Winnie the Pooh, that's a whole different podcast because that's a weird Disney property. Gummy Bears just kept on going. And eventually, after a few seasons, it's like, oh, Mm. we have enough to syndicate Gummy Bears into daily network syndication. What if we had a partner to Gummy Bears And I don't want to spoil anything, but that's what we'll talk about when we get back from this short break. And I want you to stick around uh, because there's a brand new album out by our buddies, Pallet Swap Ninja. And it just happens to relate to another Disney property, Star Wars and the Beatles. Not yet owned by Disney, but come on.
4: Are you a fan of music from long long ago it's the ultimate beatles star wars mashup palette swap ninjas princess leia's stolen death star plans the rebels made a daring move they got some good in
3: their hands princess leia's stolen death star plans
4: all the killer tracks the empire doesn't want you to hear Oh, you're a spy with illicit help from your friends From explosive jams to the soothing classics Princess, Princess Leia's Stolen friends. Death Star Plans has oh, got it all Available on two CDs, two look cassettes, look cassettes, or on one hollow projector tape Be there May 1st when the galaxy's favorite band, Palette Swap Ninja Strikes Back with Princess Leia's Stolen Death Star Plans I
3: made some friends today, oh boy
4: I helped a princess and her droid escape. Back now and download Princess Leia's Stolen Death Star Plans absolutely free at PalletSwapNinja.com or listen free on YouTube. Princess Stolen Death
0: Star Thank you folks so much for listening. I hope you are prepared for a deep dive into lovely, lovely animation of yore if that's your bag it's a good thing uh this episode is brought to you by audible and yes you listeners can get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial just by going to audibletrial.com slash laser time now audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from that you can listen to on your pc your mp3 player your iphone your android your galaxy and obviously they have all your bestseller books your latest biographies uh your harry potters your dunes your girls with a Dragon something but I wanted to recommend this week uh, a little bit of Disney in your life. If you're a Disney fan like me, there's a ton of great biographies on there, including Walt Disney, The Triumph of American Imagination, uh, written by Neil Gabler, and for something I've never even really looked around from, if you have kids at home, pretty much every Disney movie or story has a storybook version on Audible that you can download for free just by getting started with your 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash lasertime. Remember, there's almost 200,000 things there to choose from between radio shows, audiobooks, podcasts, well-produced content to eat with your ears at Audible. And remember, you can get an audiobook free just by going to audibletrial.com slash lasertime. You like Lasertime shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Lasertime's weekly bonus show exclusively on patreon.com slash lasertime. Here's a taste of what you've been missing.
1: This weekend, uh, on Friday, mm-hmm. I went... My girlfriend mm-hmm. had a Groupon for archery. Arch- I
0: really thought Arch- that was a lame excuse to get out of doing work.
1: No, I literally had And it was like, this is the last day we- <laughs> she could do it. And it was like, it's always weird to go to, like... Uh, like this is like an archery like kind of superstore so like yeah. one half of it is like doing archery I told you
0: that shit with like Dolly Parton like I'm stepping into a fan base that yeah. I know nothing about that's yeah. existed all around me for years
1: yeah there's like and- four guys at the counter like two guys <laughs> two guys working the counter hey, two you guys get a compound bow t- yeah a- two got two regulars who are like they're wearing their their <laughs> archery jackets and they got their like Look, they're You're pro level to bows. Arch
0: Deluxe Antonio.
1: There's so many <laughs> different bows in the background. There's like posters, like, oh look, the, the the top bow man of 1997. Look at him. He signed the poster. Isn't that cool? And it's like this is a world I know nothing what about. The fuck. Or Every time I see something about... like that now, all yeah. I think
0: of like, oh, there's still jobs out there. man <laughs> I could be the guy who mats the poster for the arch. Especially since it's
1: like, oh, a bow is will cost you seven hundred dollars. Uh, but yeah, that was that was super fun.
0: Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again.
4: Hey, I'm Dan Harmon. What time is it? It's Laser Time.
3: Just like a hurricane, here in Duckburg, race cars, lasers, aeroplanes—it's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery.
0: With what should be a familiar theme song to anybody who has listened to any of these shows for uh, any length of time. But uh, that, Dan, that that Pallet Swap Ninja album, mm-hmm. very real. You okay. should check it out, palletswapninja.com. But uh, I think the success of Gummy Bears led Disney to, it gave them the cojones mm-hmm. to mount a real big syndicated block. And like, you remember stuff like Tiny Toons and Batman mm-hmm. the Animated yeah. Series? That's where like you essentially have to bite the bullet and put money into 50 episodes mm-hmm. so someone will buy it on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: even with the 3020. And Tim, we're talking about shows like the rambo cartoon yeah. it, it debuted in like like september of 86 they made 60 episodes and it was done by nobody February. wanted it. but just, they just had to make that many. they had
0: to make that many in order to meet daily syndication demand and the first one they uh ended up hitting upon was the idea for ducktales mm. why well let's try and get into the history of that i know i've talked about this before but mm. stay tuned bunch of fun sound talk clips here you about ducktales yeah, I wanted to talk more about the history. It's why I like Ducktales so much. It's why I think Uncle Scrooge is one of the greatest characters in all of pop culture. That he's endured for I think this 70th anniversary, wow. it 80th anniversary, 70th anniversary. Scrooge debuted in 1947 in the comic book Christmas on Bear Mountain. I forget the the streamline behind the scenes. There was a man, an animator for Disney named Carl Barks. Uh, maybe wasn't happy with the collaborative animation process, but a really good artist, good story dude.
1: Great basketball player.
0: An unbelievable basketball player. Charles Barksley. Uh, when, back One when they Bates. were like literal Apple Baskets. Yes. <laughs> um, they ended up allowing him to shepherd the comic books where Donald Duck and Mickey already were. And then he created this whole Duck universe. Gyro Gearloose, Scrooge McDuck, mm-hmm. like all of these characters you think are synonymous with all these Ducks. They were actually created outside of cartoons hmm. with by, via Carl Barks in oh. 1947. In 1941, Scrooge is spun off into his own comic book, Only a Poor Old Rich Man. Hmm. Uh, and it's... Again, these these comics, I can't understate how successful they've been worldwide. Hmm. I don't know what it is because I, it, I feel it too. Something about not just Disney's ducks, but any cartoon duck, I love them all. Hmm. I don't... What is it about them? Yeah. Any gender, color, I think they're great. <laughs> I think they're the most enduring character designs ever. But Scrooge McDuck, because not every culture is going to get a theatrical cartoon, they're not going to get every TV show... Marvel Comics, I remember talking about Marvel vs. Capcom in Japan. Marvel's kind of anime. It's not a thing everybody was into a few years ago. It was very under the radar. Deep nerd shit for the Japanese. But Scrooge McDuck's were translated in languages all over the world. When I did research for DuckTales in 2012, it was still the number one comic book in like Brazil and the Netherlands. Hmm. Scrooge McDuck is popular all over the world and has been for goddamn decades. It took him 20 years just to get animated. Uh, and as you can see by this, this is just all the wrong voices. I meant to write it down. I believe this is Sterling Holloway. This would be Scrooge McDuck's first animated appearance in the educational short after Disney had stopped doing mm-hmm. theatrical cartoons. Mm-hmm. The 20-minute short, uh, Scrooge McDuck and Money. Uh-huh. An educational short on why you should save your money. Uncle
3: Scrooge! Hi, Uncle Scrooge!
1: <laughs> uh,
3: just tagging up a bit. <laughs> Keeping things neat. Now what can I do for you, laddies? Pull up a column and have a seat.
0: So as you ah. can see, all wrong voices. Yeah. Even the even the, the the nephews for the first time aren't also voiced by Clarence Ducky Nash, the they guy who least originated Donald Duck.
1: Close to what they would end up being, but like Scrooge a is little way bit. off.
0: But for, for like I I haven't really seen this cartoon. I grew up with the original nephews, yeah. and they all sounded just like Donald, slightly intelligible. So am I
1: misremembering DuckTales, or did the Huey, Dewey, and Louie like they had their like their own styles, yes. their own clothes. Too, yes, right. Uh, they, like actually, Huey,
0: Dewey, and Louie is, is some like a uh, mnemonic device by yeah. how you can tell who they are. Oh, really? Uh, by via what color? They're supposed to have an official color here. They don't, obviously. Mm. Dave's looking at the uh, video. I pulled that from.
1: Yeah, they're all just like this. Is like when the Ninja Turtles all had red uh, bandanas. It didn't it? Didn't work. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, then yeah. maybe that's what it was. That's what it was missing. Uh, but that's obviously not the voice of Scrooge. Most mm. of us know because trust me, that dude did it forever. Starting in
4: 1974,
0: hmm. 1974. Uh, if I say the name Alan Youngs, that ring a bell? Yes. Does it? Uh, it is. If you grew up when we did, yeah. also watching Nickelodeon, Mr. Ed. That was like the only <laughs> show on Nick at Night I liked. The Talking Horse with his buddy, Wilbur, mm. who was played by Alan Young. Yeah, wow. Oh, Ed. If you
1: want to see Alan Young when he's actually young.
0: Yes. Only that show. He lived almost almost 100. Yeah. But uh, in 1974, he did the voice of Scrooge McDuck for the first time on a Disney album mm. that was an adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Ah. And he, of course, he did it for the first time in animation mm. in the 1983 movie. The 1983 Mickey's Christmas Carol that aired in front of the Rescuers. Mm-hmm. Somebody else did it in between. We'll get to that in a moment. I love how that book ends, though, mm-hmm. because that's also the last performance of Donald, the original Donald Duck voice. Really? And, yeah, and A Christmas Carol. That's the last thing Clarence Nash did. Uh, but let me jump back to 1974. This is the right. album, and I realized I had not actually listened to it it's before. Christmas
1: Eve, we're all gathered around the record
0: player? <laughs> <laughs> it, but this is a, it, it's mostly, it's slightly an adaptation mm-hmm. of Charles Dickens' classic, mm-hmm. but the album has things the special does not, such as musical numbers.
1: Wow.
3: Now let's see. I pay you two shillings a day. Oh, two shillings and a halfpenny, sir? Oh, yes. I gave you that raise three years ago. Ah, money, money, money. The only thing that counts with me is money. Ah, The only thing I'm counting on is cash. The happiest time of day is when I put my coins away, lock them up, bolt the door, and dream about my stash.
0: That to me is incredibly bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never heard that song before, but that's the first appearance of Sc- of Alan Young as Scrooge ah. McDuck. And there's something I really have to talk to Tad about because mm-hmm. it throws a wrench in the whole thing. Really? There's this looming little thing called Sports Goofy and Soccer Mania. Okay. It looks like a pilot to Ducktales. It teams them up. Really? Teams them up with the nephews. It came out in '87. Allegedly, production dates back to '82. Mm-hmm. As a giant fan of animation and a nerd, Disney nerd. I know a lot of stuff about Wait, this. Is it
1: Goofy with Huey, Dewey, and Louie, or is it uh, Buddy? It is Sports Goofy,
0: yeah, okay. to, oh, to so a
1: fault. This is so. This is a different Goofy,
0: uh, or is it
1: just Goofy with like a personality? That's change? what
0: I can't get my. Apparently, allegedly, mm-hmm. there was a popular brand in the UK called Sports Goofy, mm. sort of based on the idea that a lot of the goofy cartoons were him learning how to do sports and yeah. participating in skiing and football and hockey hockey homicide really good yeah. cartoon Um, I can't find any evidence of this visual mm-hmm. news wise mm-hmm. I've never seen it I've never seen a character called Sports Goofy but as we'll get to in a second it was a very real thing and a lot of people kind of wash their hands of this because it feels like a backdoor pilot mm-hmm. for DuckTales no Donald mm-hmm. the nephews Uncle Scrooge money schemes comedy Adventure, but also sports. It's about, what? but here let me let me rattle this I, off. It's yeah. the first appearance of Roosie Taylor mm. as the voice of the nephews, and I think she's, I believe she still is. She's also wow. Martin Prince ah. on uh, on The Simpsons for you Simpsons fans. But uh, Scrooge McDuck is uh, voiced by Will Ryan, uh, not Alan Young. And this mm. this is the one time gap where Alan Young doesn't wow. do it from 1974 to the the year he died.
3: You mean you'll support our program? Of
0: course I'll support you.
3: Late, and it'll hardly cost you
0: anything. Cause <coughs> oh. Dave made a lemony face just hearing yeah. that version of Scrooge. Again, the guy's not bad. He's just like for we—that would—we lived our whole lives yeah. with one Scrooge.
1: So that to me sounds like if they had to recast Homer, mm-hmm. but it was Spanish Homer just trying to phonetically speak
0: English. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 gets even worse than that because the animation's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of Roger Rabbit. That was a in production at Disney for a very long time. There you can we have an article on the site about the original design. The original voice was Pee Wee Herman, not Charles Fleischer. Mm-hmm. And I think that those duties were given over to Spielberg, Zemeckis, and Richard Williams. But there was an original vision for him, and he premieres in this film huh. that was made somewhere between '82 and '87. Aired once on NBC, has never been released on any American media format. Uh, it's just it was one and done. Yeah, and I think part of the reason is Sport Goofy mm-hmm. who. I can't find any information, but here's my proof it exists.
3: Gentlemen, our honor is at stake. The time for victory is new. So get out there and fight and win back my trophy! You don't care anything about Sport
0: Goofy. He is referred to as Sport, sport Goofy, goofy. goofy. I thought, numerous thought Sport Goofy. What does it mean?
1: Well, I mean, Sport <laughs> Goofy assumes he just likes one sport. Sport Goofy. I can see how you got hung sports. up on that. I don't know. Uh, but that, that, It's just weird to hear... Huey, Dewey, and Louie mm-hmm. talking about Goofy. He doesn't. Well, he's, he's the key to Scrooge getting
0: a trophy and winning at the soccer game. It's not a great cartoon, but the animation quality is kind of all mm-hmm. over the place. Like a lot of the Disney State, fun Disney Stable cameo appearance, appearances, a lot of Bedknobs and broomsticks characters. Yeah. Really neat. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'll let Tad, Sto- Tad Stone. More on that in a second. This is all before 1987, the launch of DuckTales. Uh, one of my favorite cartoons. Holds up really, really well. I don't know when kids and his kids and his uncle going all over the world mm-hmm. to look for treasure meeting aliens and robots like when is that going to be? how is that ever going to be uncool yeah it's solving mysteries rewriting history yes it mummy skeletons uh mm-hmm I guess since they're usually dog creatures, the depictions of a lot of natives yeah. might uh, uh. might pass the test of uh, modern scrutiny. Hmm. Who knows? But it's but it's more that like it can be adapted again. And it is. There's a new one coming out this summer because it's a formula that there's no reason why it shouldn't work in the hands of the right people. On
1: Disney XD. Yes. Disney, on Disney XD. Emoticon.
0: Now that they own all these goddamn yeah. channels. But at the time, this was just like, if there's any local affiliates who want this, let yeah. us know. Because yeah. we're, ta- we're talking 302010. Foxes... Fox started with one show. Oh yeah, remember like the Joan River Rivers show? That's Game all tour. they had. They had to license everything they could from anybody else. And as as you as you'll see later, that's what led to the the end of the Disney Afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it really uh, it started to kick off with the Daily Show of uh, Ducktales, mm-hmm. which ran for which ran for almost a hundred episodes. Pretty great. And what I really really love but, about
1: and it, and this was like I guess it, there were shows at the time that were doing fifty in one shot, but this is like. Mm-hmm. They're not doing 50 in a shot, are they? No,
0: they generally started out with 50 to, like, cover the first year. Yeah. And then they would add 13 oh, to 20 okay. every year so that, like, you know, people weren't watching the same 50 episodes okay. 300, 300 days out of the year. Yeah. Uh, it's a neat little process, and it, it still happens from yeah. time to time, but just not that much. Mm-hmm. And this is the Scrooge we all know and love.
3: Penny for the poor? They're not worth it. Oh, would you care for a sample, Mr. McDog? No
1: they're free can I have more than one <laughs> love I, it's I kind a Trader Joe's hey
0: it's, it's astonishing that what are Scrooge's trademarks he's old mm-hmm. and he's greedy yeah and he's like the n- globally one of the most number one like yeah. Everybody's favorite star In the yeah. universe It's very strange But his, fo- his fortune And his nature He loves his family He cares uh, He cares about his friends And he can finance trips All over the globe uh-huh. Kind of neat um, But one of the things I think is really cool As a big DuckTales fan Is that in the 50s Carl Barks wrote a story Called The Lost Crown Of Genghis Khan uh-huh. uh, that, That's a comic From the 50s uh-huh. Adapted in a cartoon show From the 80s If you played the DuckTales game DuckTales Remastered yeah. in 2012 or the uh 1989 Capcom DuckTales one of the f- one fifth of the levels are the Himalayas based on the comic Hmm. and cartoon, The Lost Kid. One thing was adapted three times across multiple mediums. That Scrooge has been successful in every single medium. He has his own movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's got a toy line. He's got famous video games. He's famous in comics. He's got a TV show. That's insane. And I I love that I captured this in the first uh, episode of DuckTales, the pilot, which again Mm -hmm. was five episodes strung together and aired as a film. Uh, we'll get there. Oh. Launchpad is. A- Wait, the pilot's not in the pilot? I forgot yeah. I was dealing with the master of oh, punditry. Yes. You threw me for a <laughs> second there. But uh, Scrooge's op- his opening line in his debut is his opening line in the 1951 comic oh. book. So it, it sounds a little dated because it's adapting 1951 dialogue. Okay.
3: Oh, there's only one thing better than owning a vault full of cold hard cash, and that's swimming in it. Okay i love like to dive around in it like a porpoise and burrow through it like a gopher and toss it up and let it
0: hit me on the head. This all makes me so very happy, this kind of dialogue. Because again, it, that's the kind of dialogue... Donald talks a lot mm-hmm. in the comics because he can't express a lot of things yeah. uh, without motion. So everybody kind of talks to themselves. Mm-hmm. It seems weird when you see it in a cartoon, Scrooge talking to himself. Yeah. It doesn't happen that much because he's always got his nephews around. But DuckTales, an amazing success. We were both watching, were we not? Yeah. Yeah. So DuckTales, a money bend swimming success. Uh, everybody I knew was into it. Boy, girl. I think some older people who wanted to see those comics adapted into an animated show were hella happy, too. Uh, so why not try the formula again? I'm con- I'm a little confused about Rescue Rangers. Still am. Hmm. It allegedly began as a-, a Rescuers cartoon. A daily TV show starring the Rescuers. Because it's a lot like the Rescuers. They're little mice involved with the Rescue yeah. Aid Society. They give speeches on podiums made of uh, they, bottle caps. and
1: they, Yeah, they always seemed a bit too... High class, I want to say. It's it's very it's a little British. Yeah, a lot of it takes place. Well, it, ascots, the first one takes place in America. They have fancy accents. I want Jip <laughs> and Dave. Well, it
0: was like, they, it was like the UN of rodents. Yeah, uh, but I, I think that was. Allegedly what happened, Michael Eisner looked at it like, nah, put some real stars in there. People aren't that familiar with The Rescuers, which doesn't make sense because they were mounting a sequel to The Rescuers at that very moment. So I don't understand it. Maybe we'll get some clarification. But the but, uh, The Rescuers came about starring Chip and Dale, cartoon characters who debuted in a not only a Pluto cartoon, Pluto cartoon, Private Pluto, which many would categorize into the wartime era cartoons. They looked exactly the same. They both had black noses. It took them two cartoons so they finally teamed up with Donald in the cartoon Guess What called Chip and Dale. Uh separate noses and more distinct personalities. And you you kind of know what the personalities of Chip and Dale are. Chip is Chip is what? The smarter, mm-hmm. more clever one and Dale is the goofy risk taker causing trouble. P. I.
1: Well, that So he's wearing the Hawaiian shirt. That's why you, you know he's the party one.
0: Yes, in 1989 Disney mounts it's second intended for syndicated uh syndication program. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers created by Ted Stone, so we'll hear from him in a little bit. There's no- I was talking to someone just last night about like what I love about certain cartoons and All Dogs got, Go to Heaven got brought up and it's the same reason I love that cartoon the idea that animals have their own society taking place underneath ours where we can't see it flying around in chlorine bottles uh, making bow and arrows out of paper clips love that shit Love little characters in a big world, and Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers it was pretty dang cool. It recast the sensational corporation of chipmunks as what adventurers. You just said yeah. it. It, it. It blew our minds when somebody made the revelation, but it, the inspiration is pretty clear. Chip looks like Indiana Jones, flight jacket, fedora. Dale looks like Magnum PI. Uh, debatably has a mustache. He's a chipmunk. There's hair all over oh, yeah. his face. Uh, but the Hawaiian shirt is kind. of... Yes. It was very much inspired by the popular 80s adventures of that era and teamed up with three other people. But here's the new voices of Chip and Dale.
3: Will you hurry up, Dale? How come I gotta lug all this junk? Because you're the fearless co-pilot who can handle any job. Hey, Yeah! Make way for the fearless co-pilot! Here you go, Chip! Did I say fearless? I meant brainless.
1: Womp womp. I mean, Chip sounds like a dead ringer for Alvin. Maybe Alvin. I can't tell. but well, I, is, is it, it the Their
0: voices thing? are sped up, but like yeah. a lot more intelligible. If you heard them Man. in the 40s cartoons, you're not really supposed to understand what they're supposed to say. You can barely it, understand what I mean, it's
1: to already say. distracting that they're completely naked <laughs> in those old videos. I like my chipmunks clothes. Uh,
0: but these are their new voices. The debut of their new voices. And this stuck around for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Corey Burton as Dale and uh, Tress McNeil as Chip. Uh. You might rec- Again, Simpsons fans will recognize Tress McNeil as Agnes Skinner, uh, Dolph, and pretty much Every woman in authority. Every uh, time there's a television executive or, what did you say, a realtor yeah, earlier? Yeah. Uh, you can hear he her. zazz. This is also not Jim Cummings' introduction. He was Winnie the Pooh mm. and uh, Tigger. He took over for Paul Winchell's role after he died. Uh, but he is so all over Rescue Rangers. Mm. And this is Monterey Jack.
3: There's only one thing I like more than chase. Nothing.
0: Uh, did you not? You never saw Rescue Rangers?
1: Uh, here and there. Mm. Again, I think it was like, eh, I don't really know. Magnum Pi or Indiana Jones that well, uh, <laughs> the, when this is out, so mm-hmm. that's probably why it slipped
0: under my radar. Man, and I got some fun stuff. I want to, I'm going to unspool it on bonus time. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. Patreon.com/slash time But you also get uh what w- what do you want to call it? The character that launched a thousand furries.
1: Oh, gadget. Gadget. Yes.
0: Gadget hack wrench.
1: I know a lot of wrenches were hacked to to her.
0: Well, it's funny you should mention that, because from her very debut, every character immediately gets... Mm, <laughs> yeah. Very thirsty for Gadget on screen.
1: Yeah, even the fly? Uh,
0: not the fly. Zipper. Okay. He's a he's silent it, zipper, immune, all, immune to it all. Has no interest in sexy rodents. But I I had the biggest crush on Gadget, uh, and you can hear the characters kind of fawning over her in this clip. Also, by Tress and you'll definitely hear the, yeah. the Simpsons roots more in this clip. <laughs>
3: No, uh, it's a. Uh, 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 it's me, Gadget. Gadget, Giggles' little girl. Why the last time I saw you, you were knee high to a knee. Well, I've grown up some. Hi, mm-hmm. hi there. I'm Gadget. Oh, you know that already.
0: Uh, yeah. Gadget. She's the next. She's the uh, mechanic yeah. of the of the group. The um, man. I the know smart one.
1: If you've seen, uh, like, Buzzfeed did an article comparing. The cast of mm-hmm. Rescue Rangers and Wings. T- what? So, Why? So Wings is about two brothers, yes. one of whom is serious, one of whom is. So Lowell is Monterey back. Jack. I got- yeah. Well, no, no. Monterey Jack is the fat rival uh, playing company owner. Gadget you're, is you're gadget hijackist. is the the sweet southern lady mm. who works behind the counter at the restaurant in the airport. Dude, you gotta you gotta check out the article because stay
0: tuned for the Lowell, Dave Rudden hosted Wings episode. It, it Lowell is
1: uh, <laughs> the fly guy. The zipper, zipper, zipper. Yeah, come on. You got. I gotta. You gotta see this. He's
0: more the muscle. Uh, Rescue Rangers, a really really fun show, and kind of went on to define how those characters would sound and look uh, for a long time. Mm. Love Chippendales Rescue Rangers. So here's where we're at. We've got Ducktales. Mm-hmm. Daily show. Mm-hmm. We got Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, daily show. We also have Gummy Bears, that has enough episodes now to be rerun in syndication every day. Okay. Man, if Disney had one more show, voila, the yeah. Disney afternoon is complete. Uh, and yes, and as of 1990, they did, and that is the official start of the Disney afternoon mm-hmm. in the year 1990 with the show Tailspin. Oh, yeah. Tailspin. tailspin everybody you feel like you don't remember anything from tailspin and you're probably singing that theme song right now you, d- you didn't I watch d- the i show? knew i
1: knew the song but it was just like wasn't a big fan of the original jungle book mm-hmm. and that and who are you and i already as I, we established my sh- my aviation show of choice was wings so <laughs> uh well and that is a tie to rescue rangers so if i'm gonna watch anything i'm gonna watch rescue rangers
0: well, animation dorks, listen up, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll shun Dave in a second. Tailspin was, uh, pretty much took the Jungle Book characters from 1967. Uh, here's a little bit of Baloo, uh, voiced by the legendary Phil Harris. He, he was also in Aristocats. He was Little John in Robin Hood, mm-hmm. a very uh, iconic voice in the Disney stable. Pretty big talk, little britches.
3: I'm a lot tougher than some people think. You better believe it. Now let's go once more. Now I want you to keep circling or I'm gonna knock
4: your roof in again. You better keep moving.
0: Love, Man, love, Bill, love Baloo. Bill Blue. Murray sounds weird. Well, I got Bill Murray, too. Oh. Bill Murray in 2016 uh, took up the role, and I wanted to hate the Jungle Book mm-hmm. movie so much because I think it's unnecessary. Jungle Book from 1967 is mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies ever. My sister and I watched it constantly. Mm-hmm. Great music, great characters. If you want to make your own Jungle Book, the, I think it's public domain. Feel ah. free. It's the only character in the Disney afternoon that's public domain. Mm-hmm. But Bill Murray took up the mantle of Baloo the Bear, and I didn't think the movie was going to just redo all the songs, mm-hmm. but they did. Mm-hmm.
4: Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities.
3: Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities old Mother Nature's recipe that brings the bare necessities of life.
0: Uh. It's wonderful. It's wonderful, but it would. Tailspin is looking back one of the weirdest adaptations ever, and I tried to look into the origins of it. And some of the creators said that like Disney would re-release its movies in the theaters at this point because mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't that much media uh, at that point in time in history. So they would re-release Disney movies. You probably went to the theater and saw a couple of Disney movies yourself, yeah. but your parents hated you and you had bad taste. Mm-hmm. I can't just watch Wings. Don't all like the, time. the Jungle Book. Yeah, watch Wings in yeah. syndication instead of the Jungle Book. Uh, But Jungle Book is important. It's the final film produced by Walt Disney uh, before his death in 1966 that he was heavily involved with, meaning every character uh, in the Disney... um in the Disney afternoon. Mm-hmm. Well, Disney sort of oh, was around yeah. the creation for the creation of Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Gummy Bears which is sort of grandfathered in. Uh, it, but not the next one. Not the next one. But the Tailspin recast uh, the Jungle Book characters as, man, really weird. Combination space pirates, corporate overlords, Casablanca bar owners mm-hmm. but most importantly uh, Blue the Bear now voiced by Ed Gilbert and Jim Cummings as King Louie as Mediterranean cargo carriers. A Jewel! You mean it?
3: I hit it at Louie. I could buy back the sea duck. (laughs) We could buy a whole bunch of sea ducks. Well, how about we go get it first thing in the morning? You and me.
5: I'm gone, and we gotta fly.
3: I'm gone, adios, bye-bye. Don't trouble us with trouble, man, we're gone.
0: (laughs) It's the end of Plunder Lightning Part 1. So that's... Mm -hmm.
1: the was not kid, it. That's Kit the Cloud Kicker. Yeah, he wasn't in the He's movie. an OG
0: creation.
1: Is he supposed to be like a proxy version of uh, Ma Mowgli? No?
0: <laughs> I would say you, David. Oh, me? Yeah, a kid character that the viewer could relate to. Well,
1: just like him, I wear a sweater and no pants a lot. Because
0: if I say, like, what's Blue's job, he's a parcel carrier. Yeah, Man, how's a kid supposed to get excited? But he's got a guy, uh, like, a little... Young Chum who can surf on clouds, hmm. and pirates who chase him. And it's just, all of this is really weird. I'm like, this holds up so well. It should be on the air today. A lot of guns. A uh, whole lot of bullets and guns in uh, all of these shows.
1: So M- Mowgli is just like, he's
0: he's gone. He's, he's history. No, There's no they, humans they, they, in this universe. They never even talk about him? Uh, No, never. Okay. Never, but Shere Khan is uh, is is still a villain, okay. but kind of like, I don't know, like a frenemy. Okay. he it's, it's very strange, but the look of the show, going back and looking at it, and uh, I got some... Uh, unearthed documents mm. and background sheets and like it is gorgeous and I became aware of a vague conspiracy slash controversy over who ripped off who mm. Porco Rosso one of my like might be oh, my yeah. favorite Ghibli movie but it's about a a pig character who flies in a cartoony plane mm. around the seas of the Mediterranean well it turns out like I think they both took inspiration from the same comic which is from 1989 The Age of the Flying Boat which is what Porco Rosso is based on mm. uh, but Tailspin beat Porco Rosso To,
2: to market yeah, yeah to
0: market let's say uh, But it, Tailspin technically came first But there, there is in, Among yeah. animation nerds Who ripped off did Disney ripoff Ghibli It turns out they just both
1: Yeah it's independent thought Ghibli
0: Yeah Ghibli, it, yeah, Ghibli uh, actually Officially The world was just Officially adapted the yeah. comic They were both uh, Inspired by But Cape, the look of Cape Suzette And the airships I love airships mm-hmm. dude I love giant Floating mm-hmm. Metal objects And we The helicarrier Avengers fans You listening now Oh, the vulture, the iron vulture, in Tailspin is really cool. Jim Cummings is like every character. Tailspin really, really fun. But what, but what surprised me the most? Like, I think this held up from a level of craft. Mm-hmm. And like, it's it feels a little dated in the pacing. I say that that'll always date everything as we move forward in pop culture. Everything will be paced faster because our attention spans get weirder. Mm-hmm. So it's uh the, the the other cartoons are very palatable kid adventure stuff. Uh, oh, no, we got to go get this. Oh, man, <laughs> someone's going to be waiting for us. Let's get out of here. <laughs> like, it's it's a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of humor your parents would laugh at. And that all changed, and I can't wait to talk to Tad about it, because a lot of things happen in between Tailspin and Darkwing Duck. Key points, I would think, The Simpsons mm-hmm. and Tiny Toons. Okay. Tiny Toons essentially trying to embody the vibe of old, wacky Looney Tunes cartoons. and But all... Darkwing Duck premieres and is astonishingly self-aware. It ends up holding up the best one its designs, not unlike Tailspin. I love the look of Saint Canard. I think I wrote it as there's more purple there's enough purple in Darkwing Duck to make Prince Puke. <laughs> it's just these colors that don't get used much anymore. The villains are amazing. Take they take inspiration from James Bond villains and I would I wanted to say the sixties mm-hmm. Batman show because that was where most of my familiarity was with Batman yeah. uh, by nineteen ninety one. So uh,
1: how does the timing with Darkwing Duck line up with like what Fox was doing with Batman and all that? Was
0: well let's 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 close out with yeah. an answer to that question. Okay. Because that's that is technically what leads to the demise of the Disney afternoon. Oh. Uh but but Darkwing Duck as a result of like beautiful design, mm-hmm. an incredible self awareness and great writing. And I think inspiration from The Simpsons and whatever Spielberg and Warner Brothers were doing for television animation, jumping on that Disney bandwagon, really upped their game. And it's just, it's much smarter and holds up very, very well. Let's hear Darkwing introduce himself in the two part pilot, Plunder and Lightning.
3: Another order of dastardly delinquents deposited on your doorstep, courtesy of Darkwing Duck. That's two words, not three. Both these capitalized. Here's my photo. If the papers need more glossies, my number's on the card. <laughs> now I must go. The scent of crime is in the air. So where's the press? I thought this was the age of media glut. I, it's
0: hmm. to me, it's night and day, like the tone of Tailspin and yeah. Ducktales, in The Darkwing. Uh, like I think I had to look up the word glut at huh? that point, just because I'd never heard it before. Uh, it was also the premiere of. You want? I'll draw you back in as a Simpsons hmm. fan. How about that? Because okay. I didn't. I didn't know this when I was revisiting the episodes, because. I didn't think there were more voices for Dan Castellaneta to do. Mm. Uh, but Besides he, the genie? Uh, I still hear Homer in that. Yeah. But like, and I, I hear Dan in Megavolt. Okay. Maybe Darkwing Duck's most famous villain, give or take a Negaduck. Uh, Megavolt, this is this is the voice of Homer as just screaming, if you can imagine, uh, Crusty on helium screaming at the top of his lungs.
3: Ha! They called me mad. They called me insane. All right. But I'm running things now! (laughs) Your mad scheme will never work, you egomaniacal Electron! For your information, it already has. You see, I was on my way over here to pay my power bill after borrowing money from the bank! (laughs) And I thought, hey, why not just take over the place? And now, if you'll excuse me, I have a city to dominate.
0: Love <laughs> characters who scream at the top of their lungs. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, the reintroduction of Launchpad, which uh, when we yeah. talk to Ted, we'll talk. He had to. He told people a couple years ago at Blue minds. This is not the Launchpad from Ducktales. It's just really. That's... But even you're shocked. But I
1: say why? If he dresses the same and if he looks the same,
0: then... I s- is Daffy Duck? Not Daffy Duck when he's in the Robin Hood cartoon. Do you ask the question, "Why wow, did Daffy was Daffy born in the 1400s?" They're cartoon. Ca- they're basically but, like actors. These companies own. Yeah, but you can imagine, put it anywhere they want. But the but Darkwing Duck and mm-hmm.
1: Ducktales can conceivably take place they in the could. same time period. That like oh. But that complicates things. After Scrooge died, uh, <laughs> Launchpad moved Scrooge on Scrooge never with died. And Don't he moved on th- with his life Ugh. and he flew over to. Uh, no. <laughs> Darkwing Duck City.
0: No, goddammit, Dave. Uh, but Launchpad is in this episode, introduced in, in the first episode as Darkwing's biggest fan.
3: Darkwing Duck! You know me? Know you? I'm your biggest fan! A fan? Really? <clears throat> I mean, really? Sure! What are you doing here? Oh, just another stopover in my never ending fight against. Hey, you're a pilot. We can use this plane to catch those crooks.
0: And speaking of, I mean that's a different—that's
1: a different voice from no, Land. no, is that's still Transport
0: McGovern. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I was—I I got the honor of writing dialogue for him in the uh, online commercials for Ducktales Remaster. Check it out. Written mm. by yours truly love Launchpad. I think he's a great comedic yeah. character. He's voiced by what's his nuts from the SNL right now.
1: Oh, Beck Bennett. Beck is Bennett. Yeah. That's who it
0: is. Yeah, he's the new voice of Launchpad. Wow,
1: I mean, that seems really good. Was, for David Tennant, but...
0: the voice of uh Scrooge huh. Mcduck, uh, Doctor Who guy. When
1: I when I think of Launchpad, I
0: think of him like Mister McD, like yeah. that kind of like more doofy. Register. He plays a little more capable because he crashes like everything yeah. in Ducktales. And I gotta say, I I can compliment the designs in Darkwing Duck all day. The Thunder Quack mm-hmm. that plane is one of my favorite designs ever. Hmm. And I, I I I got some uh some flack thrown my way because I said like unlike stuff like He Man, this was a show that was meant to look great and wasn't like He Man built to sell uh, on the on the Built on the foots of, uh, built on the idea mm. of selling kids action figures mm. constantly. I didn't. I never saw any Ducktales action figures. There's some McDonald's toys, some yeah. cereal toys. Someone just sent me a Sea Duck toy, mm. and I'm like, I've never seen that. And if I had, I would have. I would have begged for it. Mm. I never saw any tail. But Darkwing had the coolest toys. Mm. The absolute coolest toys. They were gorgeous, uh, and they all did something wacky, really well designed. And I'm every. Once a week, I go look for a thunder quack on eBay, (laughs) and it's like three hundred bucks, and I can't do it. Uh, But I really, really like Darkman. I think it holds up really well, and more than holding up really well, like a kid friendly send up of superheroes. What the hell? Like this is like this predates our superhero obsessed culture by like Mm -hmm. twenty years. Yeah.
1: I mean, we did have like a year or two before Batman. Yes, like, so it was
0: starting against Steam. We have Batman, but like, there's there's all these different characters that take inspiration from other things. Yeah. Liquidator, uh, Bushroot is a very Batman style of character, yeah. but there's also Moliarty, mm. uh, take like taking yeah. reference from I mean Sherlock it, Holmes. He looks like the sha- Darkwing looks like the shadow. Yeah, it, and, it's
1: a very old school like radio mm-hmm. kind of superhero looking uh, get up for Darkwing. Yeah, not like and I you know what. What kids WB mm-hmm. would be based on is actual like DC superheroes mm-hmm. that are darker, grittier. But that's, and...
0: it's that weird era where like DC and Marvel weren't capable of doing yeah. that much for some reason. Mm-hmm. They weren't 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 adapting their own characters, so people yeah. were forced to make parodies of them. I think as a result, you get a lot of fun stuff in Darkwing, and just the first episode even as a bunch of great voice actors: Eddie Deathan, Eddie mm-hmm. Deathan is in the episode. Day, uh. Uh, Marcia Wallace, Krabappel. You can hear her very clearly, and and probably most famously, uh, Tars Bulba uh, is the voice of. Tars, Tars Bulba is voiced by none other than the Ush <laughs> Tim Curry. Uh,
3: I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am, I'm the su- surprise in your cereal box. I am, I am.
4: Yes, yes, I know. I
3: heard your dark winged duck. Oh, yeah, that's yeah.
4: <laughs> your ego is out of control, isn't it?
0: That <laughs> is yes. Love Tim Curry. Thank God he's still with us. Uh, please do not die hmm. in between the time of this posts, Tim Curry. Uh, but <laughs> I love Darkwing Duck so much, and it's just so weird to me. He is the first original character in the Disney Afternoon. They own him lock, stock, and barrel. And think? I, I think at any other company, we would have had Darkwing stuff forever and ever. There's a, there is a comic out mm-hmm. still, and it's amazing.
1: Do you think that's why Launchpad was in the show? It was kind of at, like well, to be the the you know Baloo or the Scrooge McDuck, mm-hmm. where it's like. We need some basis. We need mm. something that will get like, I've never heard this Darkwing character. Oh, but my, my fa- one of my favorite guys from DuckTales
0: is here. I believe the story went uh, that there was an episode of DuckTales called Double O Duck ah. that put Launchpad in the role of a spy, mm. the James Bond-esque spy. And they ordered a pilot, mm-hmm. a spin off for Launchpad called Double O Duck. Mm-hmm. So they were quickly informed that you would have... You would be sued into oblivion by the copyright holders uh. of James Bonds. If you call your show Double O Duck, mm-hmm. and maybe you want to steer away from that entirely. And it took, and you can see characters like Steelbeak mm-hmm. wear the original oh, James yeah. Bond inspiration mm-hmm. on their sleeve, and they gravitate to, in my opinion, mm-hmm. more into Batman territory, uh. um, and which I absolutely love. James Bond does not have a cool jet shape like his face, but with that, mm-hmm. I cannot believe this this introduction took this long. <laughs> Let's cut to me and Bob Mackey uh, talking to the wonderful Tadstones creator of Darkwing Duck and Rescue Rangers among other things. And we will say we will come back to say goodbye to you at the end. So after this break, Tadstones people.
3: Darkwing
4: Duck.
0: Oh, man, if you're like me at this point, I'm sure you have a hankerin' to play the Disney Afternoon collection. I know I do. Uh, But that's a digital game Available on PS4, Xbox One, and Steam But if you like your games on disc, oh boy, Gamefly might have just what the doctor ordered. Check it out for yourself and get a 30-day free trial at GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime. Don't know what Gamefly is? It's like Netflix, but for video games, and they also have movies. But more importantly, Gamefly's got uh, over 8,000 titles to choose from on Xbox One, PS4, even the Wii U and Switch, all the way on to uh, portables like 3DS and Vita. You pick the games you want, build yourself a queue, Gamefly ships it to you with a self-addressed stamped envelope at no extra cost. Gamefly ships those games to you. you. keep them for as long as you want, ship them back when you're done, and they keep sending you stuff in your queue. Best of all, if you're digging a game so much, you can keep it and then buy it back from Gamefly at an extremely reduced cost, and they will send you the box and manual as if you bought it anywhere else. Plans start as low as just $15.95 a month, but more importantly, plans start as low as just $15.95 a month, and you should pay close attention to that, because with your free trial, you could end up, you could very well end up playing all the games the price of three or four of the games a year it'll keep you from getting burned by the bad games and you'll save the most money so if that sounds good to you we thoroughly recommend you try gamefly and remember go to gameflyoffer.com slash and you can get a free 30-day trial with gamefly
4: we'll be right back with more darkwing Duck.
0: Thank you people so much for listening. Boom! Boop, boop. This is your laser time update to tell you what we got going on around the site, LaserTimepodcast.com. Uh, well, I got to plug our YouTube channel right now because we have, if you're liking this conversation, um, this was spurred on by a bunch of uh, videos that I did for the Disney afternoon collection and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash laser time or laser timepodcast.com We have little mini documentaries on both dark wing duck and, and tailspin hopefully more to come soon but these were super super important uh cartoons of my child that i shouldn't have to say that at this point in the show you get it already but little tiny three minute chunks to give you the entire history of baloo and tailspin and darkwing duck himself not only that uh my our buddy josh at SketchLayer.com uh helped me out with a little promo for dan Amric's new uh project with palette swap ninja princess leia's stolen death star plans you should have heard a little bit of, of commercial early on but you know, you could be skipping past all of this what do I know. But it's a it's a brand new album from Pallet Swap Ninja. They have brought to you mostly game-centric parody songs. But this is an entire concept album where Star Wars meets the Beatles. And guess what? How much is it going to cost you? Nothing. Go to palletswapninja.com and check out Princess Leia's Stolen Death Star plan. I did not do that justice. I apologize, Dan. But also on our YouTube channel, I have to make it known. Every Wednesday, we try and stream a shitty game of yore. And last week's was... I think, the shittiest game we've ever played in the entire history of the shit show. A double shot, a Pokemon Gold and Silver, if you will, of Austin Powers games. Literally from the pre- the people who brought you GTA. It doesn't make sense to me either, but it did happen, and we we can prove it over on our YouTube channel. And lastly, I gotta plug our Patreon. Patreon.com lasertime We should have a special guest on this week. That should be a ton of fun. But uh, we occasionally... But in addition to full-length movie commentaries, wrestling commentaries, an exclusive wrestling show, cheap podcast, uh, we occasionally do full synced video commentaries of cartoons. And I don't know if something from this episode will inspire it, but I'm afraid to say, and I just want you to trust me on the matter, Patreon helps us live. It gives you all the stuff that you like from us. We strongly encourage you to just let go of five dollars a month and allow us to live it's thoroughly appreciated we're doing the best to make the most of your money and we we can't tell you how much uh it humbles us that you guys have supported us for almost two years thank you so very much i'll keep the plugs light this week because we got a big old interview with the creator of darkwing duck i am so excited ladies and gentlemen let's just scoot on over to that interview with tad stones
4: we now return with darkwing duck
3: Darkwing is
0: such a hero. Okay, that Doc concludes Winder. me recounting uh, the history of that period of the Disney Afternoon. I thought, in this case, why not reach out to the expert, reach out to a man who was instrumental in almost all of the Disney Afternoon, or in maybe even Disney bringing animation to television in general? A truly fascinating period for me as a giant Disney nerd. Big animation fan, Mr. Tad Stones. Is
2: this where you put in the outrageous applause? Yes, yes. Or, or <laughs> well, the. Now, uh, see, I didn't get to hear that part of the broadcast, so mm-hmm. I have no idea how many things you have got wrong. So you, that's what <laughs> there's one thing. Pass. I
0: Great. want to talk to you so much about Darkwing Duck because having revisited it around the Disney Afternoon Game Collection coming out, it it holds up so wonderfully in a superhero obsessed culture it's just like I, I it doesn't feel like it was made 20 years ago at all i was just a, a sort of astounded by that i always liked the design i always liked the characters i always thought it was funny but it's just like it feels like I, I i wanted to show it to like uh, my friend's children like immediately <laughs> i thought it was really funny
2: yeah for me it always depends on which studio animated it and- yeah I like can watch it or not. And although I got to say, even the best episodes, I'd love to edit like five <laughs> out of them.
0: I've always wanted to know more information about this. And you are the only person I've ever seen even write about it. Because when we were talking about sort of the history of Disney TV animation in the 80s and the Disney Afternoon and DuckTales, you were the only one I've ever heard speak on the show Soccer Mania.
2: Oh yeah, that was in a in a weird way. That got me into TV animation Mm. because I had been over at uh, designing rides for Epcot Center, and it was time to return to the studio. And they had me working on some live action documentaries, which never happened because nobody wanted to pay for them. (laughs) Uh, And then just consulted with television stuff. And it was time for me to go back into animation, you know, because I just I've been away from feature animation for so long. I mean, I don't know, probably. Five years or so, you know, I had gotten pay raises since then, Mm -hmm. and they said, "Well, we can't pay you what you're making now, you know, (laughs) you know, because they didn't know where I would fit in." But instead, the people over in in licensing and merchandising even then felt like they needed animation outside of features to sell stuff. They asked me to come over and pitch things, and they told me kind of what they needed, and they told me about this character called sport goofy what is
0: i can't find any information on sports goofy
2: sport goofy is just what they called him in europe uh he was a soccer playing goofy simple as that Hmm. that was in some comics it's just like goofy was always the everyman so so uh i pitched that and mickey and the space pirates and you know when we reconvened i pitched it you know they told us what we needed and next time we convened there was another writer who uh you know had log lines and meanwhile i came in with two storyboards and pinned up in the old-fashioned way in color telling the story of mickey and the space pirates the other was you know sport goofy and soccer mania and uh basically it was much like before there was a ducktales it was like a ducktales episode in that it was scrooge mcduck and and the nephews and you know, needing the trophy, I think, or something like yeah. that. Later on, it got repurposed because, again, we didn't have TV animation in place, so that project didn't get done at that time. Hmm. Uh, instead, they wanted to do it, and eventually it landed basically as a training project for the guys they thought would go on to do Roger Rabbit. Yes! Oh, wow. That's what I thought, because right. he makes his first appearance Daryl in Van, there. It was Daryl Van Sitters heading it up... Uh, and then a lot of the other guys have become directors and art directors. Yeah. Chris Buck, uh, who directed Frozen, among other things. Uh, Mike Giamo, who actually was art director, I believe, on Frozen and a lot of other shows. Uh, Joe Rampt, who, you know, certainly people know yeah. from Pixar, both from, you know, doing voices and, and just being one Easy. of their central story guys. Um, Anyways, a great group that was, I think, recently online. A little clip of their test animation surfaced. I've been, surfaced. somebody in if Disneyland. You found it, it's like a behind-the-scenes with Mark Sturt event. And,
0: I have a and, terrible. Uh, I'm a, I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's my favorite movie. And I, I a woman drawing me a caricature in a, at an event in Disneyland, told me about that footage. And I spent like the next five years looking for it. And it, you're, I know that it just surfaced because I was so excited. I showed it to all my friends. Ah, look at okay. the Paul Rubens Roger Rabbit footage. Um, yeah.
2: So anyway, that that didn't happen mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I forgot how I, a lot of my career with Disney features is them trying to scratch their head and figure out where to put me. But the guys that originally called me over and had me develop that stuff and mm-hmm. were impressed with both how fast I came up with ideas and my general attitude, I guess,
0: mm-hmm.
2: they were the guys that when Michael Eisner came and wanted to start TV animation, they're the ones who approached him saying, we need animation to sell, we need to be on television. Yeah. Uh, And Michael started in ABC television, so Saturday morning. And so he was all for it. And his feeling was, so the Sunday of his first week of starting at Disney, I was actually on vacation. (laughs) They called me and said, would you mind coming on Sunday? And we know you're on vacation to Michael Eisner's house to talk about TV animation. And it's like, I'm going to say no. (laughs) Um, So it was real strange. And what was really striking is his philosophy was... He didn't expect television, Disney television animation to look like Disney feature animation, mm-hmm. but he felt like everywhere there's animation, Disney should be yeah, and be the best in each of those categories. That's kind of what they laid out. Mm-hmm. So arguably, that was our goal that we tried to fulfill. Uh, and a lot of our early shows, including the Disney afternoon stuff, mm-hmm. even Darkwing, as fourth wall breaking as it was, mm-hmm. especially different for Disney, still had that kind of Disney heart. with mm-hmm. Darkwing and Goslin, and kind of tried to tell mini stories, not just gags. So Hmm. that was from Sport Goofy, eventually I ended up in TV animation. I just remember you said said that the the process
0: of Sport Soccer Mania may have spent like, started in 1982, didn't see the light of day for a while in 87. Well,
2: after, uh, yeah, Daryl and the guys got it up on you know in a story reel mm-hmm. then it just laid there and then was taken up again by i think Steve Hickner was the producer and Ward Kimball who i had worked with uh, imagineering he was still uh, working there yeah i mean he was he was he came back to work on the transportation pavilion wow. you know with trains what else <laughs> yeah that makes and, uh, sense uh, i spent like 9 months in a tiny room with him you know oh, that was wow. great it's like living with a time machine who knew Walt disney <laughs> Anyway, it became a project to help um, train animators, uh, you know, to give them a chance to animate on a project. Now, from my original story, when Daryl and the guys took it over, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. stripped away a lot of the McDuck story Mm -hmm. and some of what I considered the heart of it Mm -hmm. and made it more like an old seven-minute short, so it was a lot more action.
0: Yeah, a lot more Uh, goofy.
2: And then when it went to the guys at Features, they reworked it again even more. So it was a different animal than it was when I, you know, originally did it. And it was funny when it came out; it kind of came out without them telling us. Meanwhile, we were in the middle of developing Ducktales and getting it was in production. I got called into the boss's office to say that thing that was on TV. You know, mm-hmm. your name's right there at the top, and it was like they were angry at me. <laughs> I worked on it years ago. For
5: some reason, that's a difference. Didn't um... exist,
2: and it was just the only time. You know, like the, they want to be angry at me, but you know i was just sitting there going whatever <laughs> you know it's it's uh i have no control over what it was it has
5: a non-alan young scrooge which yeah. i find odd because that was like he he started in what uh the, mickey's christmas carol right the
0: 74 album, oh, the no, album he yeah.
2: started in a he started well before that yeah. in an educational short That's Oh, you're when right. i think okay. alan young did it back then i forgot who did the voice it might have been will it was will it would will ryan maybe will ryan will ryan excuse me yeah i Will Finn's the animator, Will Ryan's yeah, but voice.
0: The first appearance of uh Russie Taylor as the nephews, that's which right, had never yeah. happened before and has been happening ever ever since, up until the new DuckTales. Right, right. Yeah. For my generation though, that's like the only nephews I know. Uh and it's the only screw Alan Young is the only Scrooge I know, was was bringing DuckTales to television the Easy, an easy decision, given how much how much uh, the volume of work that that property had. I,
2: I was not part of the initial. Mm-hmm. I mean, I helped out in the development, but mm-hmm. the actual decision, hey, we're going to do ducktails, I want to say it was underway before I started, but mm-hmm. that's not real. Hmm possible. I would have been there. I just would have been I mean I didn't start day one. Basically uh-huh. I was in that first meeting. I went back to features. I was actually considering leaving the company and maybe freelancing storyboards. So it was still in the first year and I'm considered definitely one of the founding fathers. But yeah. I was not employee number one or anything no, like that. When, when,
0: when you go through your uh, IMDB it's just like you see your name attached to all these Disney afternoon shows, each producing like somewhere up upwards of ninety episodes. Within, a, within just a few years, and you're attached to every single one of them uh, during that yeah, period. I mean,
2: at the beginning, the two key story leads mm-hmm. were probably, as far as development, were Jim Megan and myself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Jim and Art Vitella did um, Gummy Bears, mm-hmm. uh, which was um, one of our two first shows. Yeah, the and pr- I took over Gummy Bears in season three for one season. And then Jim and I actually developed, at least began development on Rescue Rangers together.
0: Yeah, and you are are the credited creator on Rescue Rangers.
2: Yeah, and then uh, basically Gary, and I wrote the Bible, and Jim Mm kind of corrected it. Basically, Gary Kreisel, who was the head of the the division, said, I can't have both you guys on the same show, Mm -hmm. you know, because we were the two key guys. Mm -hmm. So Jim ended up being the guy you know stayed in development gave notes and he always had his own way so we saw a different i was just trying to get that show done we were totally understaffed you know because we were still trying to figure out how to do shows
5: yeah i did want to ask you tad about just the production schedule of this era of animation because we do a simpsons podcast Mm -hmm. and we we sort of understand what it takes to put together a season of 22 or 24 episodes (laughs) but you had to deliver 65 syndicated episodes and often 13 episodes for a network on top of that What was that like? Like, when did you get results? Were all the episodes finished before the show was set to premiere? I'm just curious as to what a nightmare that was. It sounds like it was pretty harrowing.
2: Well, especially Rescue Rangers, because generally after that, the rule of thumb was if you had three production crews, then Mm -hmm. you needed at least four story editors. I mean, it was like always have one extra story editor who would have his team of writers because it was the scripts that had to come out and, mm-hmm. and feed the machine. They do them on different schedules now. But Rescue Rangers was just me and Bryce Malick. There was just two of us trying to feed three teams. Yeah. That was impossible. So, and it, eventually I was taken off the show. Mm-hmm. And the, then they had to race through to finish up the show. You know, I was on for like 45 episodes. Mm-hmm. And then Darkwing, we had the appropriate ratio. Uh, you always want more time, especially to go back and fix things. Like there were some things about Darkwing that he does that uh, I always had it from day one. The idea that, and you can see me if not the audience, uh-huh. reach off camera and come in with a mallet or something like that. Mm-hmm. But what would happen is storyboard guys would like show too much of him, <laughs> <laughs> so to reach off camera they would stretch his arm, mm. and rather than saying, giving the note, no, it's. You know, you got to field in closer, which really wouldn't have been more work. It would have just been drawing a frame differently. I said, "Okay, I guess that's something Darkwing does. But it was (laughs) kind of more. I was always more uh, Chuck Jones. Yeah. And that's more of a Bob Clampett kind of stretch and squash thing. So it was about letting people contribute and letting the show grow as it is. You know, it was all about, you know, getting a script out. I think we are, we are scheduled to a script a week. Ooh, ooh. Pretty Sure. Thanks. But now, that each script takes like eight weeks to do, mm-hmm. from premise to end, but the thing that made it doable, and it has not been repeated in animation that I know of, is once we sold the concept to, you know, Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg, Buena Vista distribution had no say in scripts, they had to take the show. Mm-hmm. And we would have a, and quote, executive, someone to who's an outside voice who knows the show, but do not develop scripts to hmm. give notes and say, hey, have you considered this? Have you considered that? Jim Megan was it for me on Rescue Rangers. And then it was Greg Wiseman on Darkwing Duck, who mm-hmm. was perfect because Greg had been an editor at DC Comics and even wow. an uncredited writer on a lot of... Uh, Oh, I, I want to say Captain Marvel. That's wrong. Yeah. Um, this silver guy, Captain Adam. Anyway, so he really knew all the Silver Age stuff I was playing with that our audience didn't know because they were too young. But uh, things like all the early Flash covers with Flash with a big balloon head or uh, Jimmy Olsen as a turtle boy or <laughs> all that stuff, that's what I was having fun with. Uh, you know? so, I,
0: uh, uh, before we go, uh, I want to talk about Darkwing. I just oh, one yeah. more question about Rescue Rangers. Sure. I... Keep saying this. I we could argue over who's the funniest character ever. I would vote Donald, but his funniest cartoon. Donald's funniest cartoons are always Chip and Dale. Casting yeah, him in the role good. of these little adventurers, it just uh, the rumor is that uh, was it supposed to be a rec- Rescuers TV show because they had a pretty similar premise at the way same back, time.
2: Way at the time, Rescuers was pitched mm-hmm. um, at one time, and Jeffrey said, "No, we're going to do a Rescuers." sequel. Okay. And and now, actually, you see Pixar doing this. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey's idea was feature animation would do sequels every once in a while, Mm -hmm. because that would help defray the cost of the brand new stuff that would take more development. Eventually, even those things took plenty of development. And It became obvious that Features was more valuable at creating brand new projects and kept them all excited. So at the time, we couldn't do The Rescuers, even though it was obviously set up to be a series. It was Mm -hmm. a series of books. So actually, it didn't come from that. I had a gong show with the guys where we had to pitch. (laughs) You know, you pitch like 20 stories, Mm -hmm. just log lines, and they love titles. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because they always expect you to do a great show, and then if there's a title they like, that they think will cut through with the audience Mm and be intriguing, then so much the better. And of course, Miami Vice was on the time and I pitched Miami Mice. They (laughs) loved it. I remember one of the guys said, well, how, how, they can't do drugs, it's much a bunch of <laughs> cheese, you know? That does explain and, Dale's uh, shirt. He actually wrote us a pilot script for that with uh, Carl Gears, mm. and uh, the villain of the piece was Fat Cat, exactly as he was in Rescue Rangers.
3: And your hat. a toast to me, Fat Cat.
2: Anyway, that, so we retitled it Metro Mice. Because we didn't want it too close or felt we couldn't. Meanwhile, there was a comic that came out, an independent comic called Miami Mice, but I was aware it existed. I think it might have only had one issue. I don't mm-hmm. know. I remember seeing it at the comic shop. What happened is that got us thinking of a, you know, a team of adventurers and mm-hmm. you know, basically doing the cases of fall between the cracks. And what we pitched, and the artwork is online somewhere if you search for it, I guess. The leader of the team was Kit Colby who Mm -hmm. wore a leather jacket with a furry collar Mm -hmm. uh, or a sheepskin collar or whatever. And then his team was Gadget, Mm -hmm. pretty much Mm -hmm. as she is now. Uh, Monterey Jack was a kangaroo rat. I think Zipper was with him, although he wasn't named at the time. Mm -hmm. There was an Asian uh, grasshopper who Mm. loved baseball, knew kung fu. uh, (laughs) And there was a chameleon, Camille, who could could turn invisible by taking on any color. She could do plaid, but it hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Was there another character? I think that was it. And then a nearsighted eagle who was their transportation. So he had big horn rim glasses on. They loved the idea of the show. But they they didn't. They say we don't feel for the main character. And I said, well, is it, and it's a stupid thing to say, is it just you don't have a feel for his personality yet or anything? And they said, no, look, you pitched us those guys in one line. And that was the meeting where I had pitched Robo-Duck, who no. eventually became Gizmo-Duck, and Bubba-Duck. And they got those with one picture and a, and a name mm-hmm. and a description of personality. So the meeting moved on. You know, DuckTales is a huge hit. Well, actually, at that time, it wouldn't have been out yet, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I would imagine you're, I'm you're starting a project before one airs.
2: We would already be developing. But they were very happy with this. What are the Disney classic characters can we use? And we went down the list. Mickey was still too precious because mm. Michael said that at that first meeting when I he saw Mickey and the Space Pirates. They thought it was great, but they said, no, not until we're sure we can pull it off right. Mm. Uh, so Mickey was out. Donald was... Being testing the waters in DuckTales. He, they, we, he's just a hard character to animate. Mm-hmm. I went down the list to Goofy. Yes, definitely. Goofy's every everyman. We pitched 100 shows before they came up with goof, goof Troop. Um, you know, Goofy Detective, all sorts. Mm. And then when we got down to Chip and Dale, it was Michael who said, take those characters, put them in that show.
5: <laughs> oh,
2: wow. <laughs> Executive uh, Jeffrey, order. Jeffrey said, home run. So <laughs> that was it. So once I had those characters as a lead as a given it had, we had to simplify the team so we lost the eagle lost the chameleon lost the thankfully the, <laughs> the arguably racist cricket <laughs> um, basically that's how rescue Rangers, in particular, awesome. happened.
0: But you, you mentioned you mentioned sometimes going forward with a title. I think the given bio for Darkwing Duck is that it was Double O Duck Ducktales episode. Sort of got that. Let's make a an action spy oriented show starring Launchpad McQuack. And it wasn't.
2: It was. It was specifically Jeffrey saying make a told me uh, make a show named. Double O Duck yeah. that was in my marching orders and I thought this is before Austin Powers but mm-hmm. I just felt like man it's not going to have Disney Heart it's going to be James Bond parody but you know got orders so I go, went ahead and developed it and it had a cue, and it had James Bond's gimmicks and all that I pitched it to Jeffrey and he says this is just a parody it doesn't have Disney Heart It doesn't." Mm-hmm. you know for that brief second you think hey me and the boss are in sync and then he said do it over mm-hmm. which frankly is what I should have done the first time which is approach it as fresh material having said that i don't think i would have gotten as far afield as i did when i was actually doing darkwing anyway kind of started from scratch kind of went by way of doc savage who had a team of guys who helped him launchpad was not part of the show um so it wasn't a direct spinoff of the even though i called it in the first bible a spinoff it in the classic sense of the term it was not because it had this whole other development process. Uh, and it was much the same thing. We finally had to winnow down the characters, but it really didn't sell till Gosling. That was the heart of the hmm. show where hmm. what if, what if Batman had a daughter who refused to stay at home? <laughs> uh, and she is. She I love really Calvin fun. and Hobbes, and she was Calvin. You no, know, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. She's still my favorite character. More yeah, so she's, than... she's great. Yeah, what, Christine
0: Cavanaugh, right? The voice. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes,
2: yeah. and she was fantastic. And, yeah. yeah. But just such a great, sincere sound, and that was her voice. It mm-hmm. wasn't. She wasn't putting anything on.
3: Here, oh, what a hideout! Oh no, yes, it's a <laughs> just a little shack I like to call home. Oh. Speaking of which, we have to find you a safe place to stay. Why can't I just stay here? We make a great team.
5: I did want to talk about the voice cast of Darkwing Duck because I think it had one of (laughs) the best voice casts of this era of cartoons. I Mm -hmm. mean, uh, Jim Cummings doing like five roles, Dan Castellaneta as Megavolt, Michael Bell, so many great voices. Um, Well,
2: Jim, I got to say, Jim Cummings in... uh... I mean, rescue rangers. Dude. We generally did with four people. Oh yeah, he's he's all over that. Corey, who does a, Corey Burton, who does a million voices. Mm-hmm. Tress McNeil, who everyone should know from Simpsons, now right. does a million mm-hmm. voices. Shit. Jim Cummings, who was fairly early in his career, mm-hmm. also millions of voices. Mm-hmm. And then for a while, Jim did almost every villain yeah. because you know he was just so good. <laughs> and uh, Peter Cullen was yeah. Monarch Jack, who was the voice of you know Optimus Prime. Right, mm-hmm. Yeah, when we were casting. Those guys were neck and neck. And Peter got it. He just had a little lower voice. You know, it was that kind of almost flip a coin thing. Once we got into it, I just, it was a hard decision. I didn't feel Peter was adding to the humor. Mm-hmm. He wasn't quite And I knew Jim could. And so we sw- I forget how many episodes we did with Peter. We didn't go back and re-record them. Oh. Um, IMDb Jim listed as Peter 59 Cullen, and 59. So it was basically three guys and a guest star. Huh. That was like almost every episode of, of Chip and Dale that small. I mean, we'd bring in other people, but that's how talented those people were. So I certainly knew Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I certainly wanted to audition him as, as Darkwing Duck. Uh, and he got it really by virtue of his, his talent. And then he and Ginny McSwain, who was the voice director, really developed that character. Because Jim, if Jim did anything different, anything a little unique sounding, she would remind him of it mm-hmm. at the next hmm. session. So he did, I remember specifically, a kind of a squashed voice, and she fed that back to him all the time. And that, they really developed the character together. I mean, aside from, obviously, the writing.
5: It's funny you mentioned Chuck Jones, though, because now that you talk about it, I can definitely see a lot of Chuck Jones Daffy in Darkwing. Did anyone else at Disney pick up on that, or is this something you've yeah, never Warner heard Warner
2: Brothers picked up on uh, it okay. <laughs> you, you know, got some letters in the mail? Ripping off uh, Scarlet Pumpernickel. Oh, yeah. wow, and, I've never heard that. And wow. I had to do a whole chart. These are other Duck characters, ah. and Scarlet Pumpernickel was only, had something like 36 seconds of screen time, yeah. maybe 40. It was like that. Small. I went through all these other ducks and I had to do a whole chart. I wish I had the original because it was full color. I don't have even have my black Xerox anymore. Um, I might have them, actually. but it just it basically <laughs> went away. And my feeling was, you know, if it was called Darkwing Dog, nobody would have. Mm. You <laughs> know, well, I had no idea. Said, oh, you're ripping off Scarlet Pumpernickel with this concept, and it's like, no, it's just a guy with a floppy hat and a cape.
0: Yeah, and just just uh, for my curiosity, I was wondering where you took your main inspiration from because. Darkwing looks like the shadow. And at the time, I was starting to read comics, but I had always been watching the Adam West 1966 Batman show. I instantly gravitated to the villains of uh, Darkwing Duck, because they had that colorful, pulpy vibe. I mean,
2: come on, I grew up in Silver Age, so it was the two best rogues gallery in comics were the Flashes and and, uh, Batmans. Again, we started with Doc Savage, but then... You know, the shadow is is definitely where we gravitated toward. You know, I I like those radio things. I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you a lot of details. I had read some of the pulps, but I didn't go back and research and say what can we take out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basically, I did want him to have his version of you know the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. And, <laughs> you know, what evil lurks in the hearts of men.
3: Yeah. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the winged scourge that pecks at your nightmares. <laughs> I am Darkwing
2: Duck. I do not remember Darkwing's original slogan. It was, I'm the terror of the flaps in the night. There was a second line, and then I'm pretty sure, and then I'm Darkwing Duck and it was actually the third script that was in work the storyline was that you know it was a tuscar story and launchpad had to masquerade as darkwing and he couldn't get the line (laughs) (laughs) right so the first time i think one of the first things he said was i am the road salt that rusts the underside of your car (laughs) Uh, and we thought it was hilarious and i just told the guys i don't care that it's the same in this one yeah Change all the scripts we have in work. Make sure Darkwing does that every episode. It has to be something different. And that was me reacting to humor and not being held back by continuity that hadn't been invented yet. Uh, The other major time I did something like that, that was even bigger, was Negaduck. The first Mm -hmm. time he showed up, he was... Darkwing was split into a good side and a bad side like we've seen in Star Trek yeah. and every other fantasy show. At the end of that, and Jim did such a good job playing him, I said, I want to use the character again. And guys were saying, how do you do that? Then you, It's always going to be the same story and we have to deal with Duck." I said, no, I hate Pazaduck.
5: <laughs> just bring
2: back Megaduck. And I just said, just do it, you know, without explaining. Because that those were the comics I grew up with. Yes, there was certain continuity, but it was just a few editor's notes and it was basic like yeah I know Jimmy Olsen is Superman's pal Mm -hmm. and Lois Lane is smitten with him and suspects kind of that Clark Clark Kent is Superman and Perry White's their boss, and that's Luther lost his hair, that's why he hates Superman when he was a teenager. We didn't question mm. that although it's still true of the comics, it's like all those guys Batman puts away, oh, get, out, get out, like uh, regularly. Every time. So he's always failed. fighting the same guy, so he's like the worst court system in the world, evidently oh. in Gotham City. We you know, you just picked up. What's this story about? Mm-hmm. And that's how I approached Darkwing.
0: But I, I was rewatching them all in a row, uh, and for the Disney Afternoon stuff, like Ducktales, into Rescue Rangers, into Tailspin, and like Darkwing is just this huge tonal shift in terms oh, of yeah. like just being like. At
2: the, at the time, it was very controversial. For, I mean, you don't think anything it? of it now because there's been all sorts of shows. Yeah, uh, and even before Darkwing. Although we were already in work, Tiny Toons came out and mm-hmm. was doing a lot of the same at camera stuff. I mean, that was really a Warner Brothers legacy.
0: Yeah. And talking about to- new, mm-hmm.
2: new to Disney. Of course, this is before Aladdin. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have Genie talking to camera. Mm. And they went through the whole thing over there oh. saying, how can this guy talk to camera? How can he make <laughs> you know, pop culture <laughs> references? It was different for Disney. And uh, I had executives say, how can you play Jeopardy? like before the commercial if we've seen him you know get hit by a falling safe and (laughs) walk out okay and i said because i'll play scary music before the commercial and everyone will look frightened uh and that's what we did and you know Story-wise, I always said, Darkwing had something to learn almost every episode. Hmm. Before he learns it, fate works against him. Yeah. After he learns it, then the anvils tend to fall on the bad guys. (laughs) Um, Hmm. I mean, that was really rough, but it was more about, no, that's... The formula of storytelling we're going to use but i was all about what's this what's best for this episode and mm-hmm. not worrying about connecting it to 12 episodes earlier
0: that, that's so cool because i was talking to bob about like how how different it feels and it's just like that whole period of like you have a tim burton batman movie maybe to compare it to and then the simpsons and tiny tunes and it's just in the span of one year the shows the dark is immediately more bombastic self-aware and I don't know. It's really funny.
2: Well, again, I, I didn't finish my point that I started sorry. way back. With the Disney afternoon, mm-hmm. once we sold it to Michael and Jeffrey and got the okay, there was no one to give us notes except for an executive. That's when I got off track talking about mm-hmm. Greg Wise. Uh-huh. That means I could come in and say, you know, I had this weird dream about a penguin. What if we had a gang of penguins <laughs> who were in Las Vegas, but they wanted to refrigerate the area and the desert, they made it snow and you know, whatever. And we would spend four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars on that, you know, whatever it was. We didn't have the kind of I have to prove to you that this is entertaining before I've even done it. Mm. Um I mean the episode Twin Beaks, yeah. There's no way we could have pitched back then. I mean cartoons are a lot more open now mm. and and to me, there's great stuff. It's a different type of thing. But so now there's plenty of shows that do a more outlandish kind of storyline. But there's no way we would have gotten the OK back then. They'd say, no, the kids don't know what it is. <laughs> and that's what I told Jan Sternod did the original outline of it. And I said, you have to write this so that it plays for someone who has never seen Twin Peaks. And he went in, but he had random things like cherry pies and log ladies and things <laughs> that if you know Twin Peaks you would hmm. you would get, which is about to come back so everybody study up. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, re- I took over the script because I realized it was a every point was going to be a judgment call. rather we didn't again schedule. we didn't have time to do a constant back and forth. so I just took it over and I was very pleased that one of the story editors, had not seen twin peaks at all and just loved the episode he said it has huh. such a weird feel to it and we said yeah we got to find other shows that we can do the same thing uh, with kind of put them through the dark wing ringer and we never did i mean we never again you go with the idea that's in front of you right that, that this is a good idea let's move as opposed to sitting around and you know we were helped by there were twice i think there were times where okay that's all the shows we're doing Mm -hmm. like we were only going to do 65 and then abc wanted 13 episodes and what was cool is that they got for them they got to pick from episodes already in work so we didn't send them every great episode we thought we gave them an assortment to pick from with the idea that you pick from these and if you pass on something that's it Mm -hmm. So they made their choices, and then they had notes, and we just laughed. (laughs) Sorry, it's moving (laughs) through. Uh Um, Then second, they wanted another season, and that one had to go through the regular notes, standards, and practices, and things like that, Mm -hmm. which had plenty of outlandish shows. Hot Spells actually came out of that. Second season, uh, which is a show that I guess doesn't get shown anymore, which is ridiculous because it was a fine show. But I guess Goslin makes a deal with the devil, technically. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and people complained.
0: Yeah, but it's it's just bizarre looking at it. Even all, a lot of shows from back then, like uh, even the the gun stuff would like not fly anymore.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we had standards back then too. I mean, I had uh, I think the episode's called Dead Duck, mm-hmm. where we kill Darkwing, uh, that's <laughs> a great I one. actually a called great up. One and talked to the head of standards and practices at ABC. It was not an ABC show. Yeah. And I was just saying, here's the layout of the character. He's not gonna be wearing his helmet. He's gonna make fun of the helmet, smack into a wall. We're gonna show him dead, you know? And then we're gonna have him as a ghost and then it rewinds and he's fine. And she actually thought that was great. Yeah. She said, no, that shows what happens if you don't do the safety thing, you know? Generally, I did not have a lot of problems when we did work with standards and practices. The, the crazy note that I always quote, And a lot of these, I guess whoever had Scooby-Doo, I forgot which network, because it bounced around to several networks, there was a child who they were playing, imitating Scooby-Doo and was hung, I don't know if they were killed, but it was like with a rope because they were acting out things in Scooby-Doo. And that network said, no ropes in the cartoons, period, that was their thing. The weirdest one I had was um, that we had to be careful with the sound of a breaking pot because it could sound too much like breaking glass, which they felt kids were fascinated with, and they <laughs> may try to break glass.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, but, <laughs> Somebody's uh,
2: doing way too much thinking here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that going back, that freedom of just come up with any crazy idea and go for it, I thought would never happen mm-hmm. again. It didn't, although, sadly, DreamWorks TV had the chance and again from a creator's point of view blew it mm-hmm. uh, when they made their first deal with netflix mm-hmm. they sold them it was like 65 or more episode shows mm-hmm. and that was it Net- netflix doesn't give notes like that mm-hmm. um, so wow. they could have had the same situation they could have just hired a bunch of talented people kind of have one guy to bounce off of and just get out of the way it would have been cheaper and move through but instead they had a lot of people came out of features yeah. executives not the creators who were didn't know how television works didn't get that oh you know that cute thing it always drives me crazy when for a while it's like the feature meltdown mm-hmm. is it happens every feature. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to it happen on these. It doesn't. It's not a mark of quality or anything. And in television, you have a meltdown. Guess what? Script still has to come out Friday. Mm-hmm, yeah. Somebody's working through the night, and as good as it, we'll get it as good as we can. It's got to go out the door. Well, with DreamWorks, they got precious, and they did redid pilots over and over oh. again. oh. Now they're they've got it down to a system. Now they're mm-hmm. doing fine. You know, good shows. But that was a case where I said, Oh my God, they'll be able to do what we did way back when Mm. and it kind of got in their own way So So
5: one thing I definitely wanted to talk about, speaking of the creator's point of view, I feel like this era of Disney uh, TV animation, the era you worked on, is kind of being underserved by Disney. Very few of these series have had DVD releases, um, and when they do, they're incomplete. They're not streaming anywhere. I don't know if they're airing on TV anywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you feel about that? Because I feel like a lot of these cartoons are pretty timeless, even if they are Twin Peaks parodies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, that's coming back, so it would be perfect. Generally, and you know, people have, petitions to get DVD releases mm-hmm. I tend to think that time has passed because DVD mm. sales are nothing like they used to be oh, for sure, because yeah. people are getting it you know are streaming it or, or just saying I have a wall of DVDs over here and can touch them <laughs> there, there are plenty of things that i really that's a great show i have the whole season of you know all the seasons of x-files i have you know two animated hellboy features yeah anyway that you know i just don't think to put them in i'm looking at something new certainly like on amazon prime or netflix or you know that's why it's cool that they released things uh, to itunes He's mm-hmm. like, yeah. So I know there's a collector's thing that you get, you have all these on DVDs mm-hmm. that you want to finish out the set with DVD. And they used to go crazy when they would change the binding on yeah. DVD. Oh, yeah. They all you want them all to match, mm-hmm. you know? No, I'm going to have to buy them all again. <laughs> to me, it's like, it's an old show. Make some money off of it, you know, put it out there. I mean, um, just,
0: I, I personally would <laughs> like when like, Animaniacs hit Netflix, everybody got to rediscover it. Yeah. Children got to discover it for the first time. And that's the, the, a lot of these Disney Afternoon stuff aren't available. They're, they're like $2 an episode. I just don't know why there's no streaming of them anywhere for anybody new to discover them. You, in order to buy them, you'd have to know what they are.
2: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. parents, I guess, <laughs> are supposed to uh, introduce them to their kids and mm-hmm. they want to. But DuckTales came out on iTunes, didn't
0: it? It did. It, was, it yeah. was streaming on Amazon for a little bit, but it's more. Looking for Chip and Dale stuff is pretty difficult. Um, even like yeah, the original and, cartoons. And, uh,
2: anyway, part of this is. I'm mm, sorry. I, I get it when a company says, oh, wait, we're turning something into a movie or mm. we're bringing out a new show. We don't want to quote confuse people, although they may say the exact opposite, which is. Oh, no, we want to put out the stuff to get, you know, to build up some steam. I don't know why decisions are made. I guess why Disney, it's not like Disney wants to walk away from money. Yeah. So if there were truly, everybody thinks the internet they interact with sure. is the internet, <laughs> and, and it's not. It's just your little corner. All these, you know, Facebook and Twitter are using algorithms to, in theory, give you what you want to see. Mm-hmm. But what they're really doing is limiting. What you what saw. you do see mm-hmm. because they're guessing at your taste, so you're not seeing music oh, it's all over the internet what I've never heard of it you mm-hmm. know it's because it's in your little part well Dar- darkwing so people have a petition to 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 say everybody wants DVDs of this, yeah, not necessarily i mean if if there was a public hue and cry to mm-hmm. with people waving money in the air <laughs> uh <laughs> disney would would do it, well, uh, it was, but I think it was- so it really comes down to. They either think, for instance, Darkwing, mm-hmm. I don't think there's enough episodes left to be the same price point as I the ones they right. put out. Right. So unless they boxed it all in a set mm-hmm. and put it out as a thing... Uh, With an action figure? ...causes a problems. I mean, they wanna, I mean, pick them up like at Costco, mm-hmm. and they all are the same price, mm-hmm. and they all have the same number of episodes. So if you suddenly bring out one, it has to be a smaller price, or you're gonna feel cheated. It's just, there's problems to it. But I, was, I don't know I, that these are the official reasons, but it's that complicated. But uh, streaming and putting them online, that just may be a thing of, hey, we got all this backlog, we're not gonna put it all out at once. Yeah. We're gonna cycle it through, and we're gonna give Netflix two years of this, and then we'll bring in something else. It, so. it was
0: more that, that rediscovering it, like, no, this is still good, and still this it still works. If it, it seems like if it was if Darkwing was owned by any other company that just happened to own Marvel as well, uh, yeah, and Star Wars. you would be dying to get a funny superhero show on the air in
2: 2017. Oh my my! I years ago brought up Darkwing, and I was still in the industry, of mm-hmm. course, and I had to be careful not to push it too much because I didn't become want to become the old nostalgia guy, mm-hmm. and frankly. I was called that during some development at Disney Junior, so it was like, or it was like I was beginning to be that guy just because mm-hmm. I made certain references. And I remember going in and meeting with somebody who was. This is before the Tinker Bell series of DVDs, mm-hmm. and they were looking for people to pitch worlds because. It was not about pitching one story. They wanted like five stories pitched. So they say, oh, we can do a dozen of these. And DVDs kind of ran out of steam before they did too much more than Planes and Tinkerbell. I did at the meeting say, you know, with all the superhero movies, there's mm-hmm. this character Darkwing Duck who could be brought back. And the, I remember it was like a young executive and and they i was asking them to think they've been told to think like in this narrow little thing <laughs> uh-huh. and i was talking about something over to the right and it was like well john doesn't want us to do john laster doesn't mm-hmm. want us to do you know spin-offs of, of old stuff anymore and it was like i kind of just dropped it because the, of course he didn't want to do pocahontas 7 yeah
5: right <laughs> uh, understand. Uh, Not the
2: same. but with something like any of the disney afternoon stuff mm-hmm. they were designed to be series yeah you could bring him back and finally after years and years and so it never went anywhere and I could only I would bring it out once every time and I remember being in San Diego Comic-Con years ago where a guy heard me talking to um you know, our artist about Disney, and he knew who I was, and and said fans of the Disney Afternoon are aging up into middle management, and you mm. you'll see a change. And soon after that, the Disney Afternoon vinylmation figures came out, oh, yeah. and now you start seeing it more. And then finally, we're getting a new DuckTales. Yeah. So it just took a long time for fans to get into positions but... where you know they could really pitch and get and show the excitement about stuff. Yeah. Disney was not prepared for the excitement when the new DuckTales team put out the cast singing the ducktail song oh, yeah. and it just blew up on the real internet. I mean it <laughs> just got so many millions of views in a, such a short amount of time. I, I, People at Disney were going, "What what what's going on? We thought Tangled was going to be the big show of the year, you know. And it's like, get ready, we told you, you guys, cuz it's the perfect show to, you know, share with your kids."
0: Cuz I sw- I swear I'm speaking from a place of uh, laser time is a venture that cross-checks nostalgia what checks out and what's yep. still really awesome we're and, all old nostalgia guys here in our and, mid-30s and I worked on the DuckTales remastered game from a few years ago so I was huh. uh, I I know firsthand from going to conventions representing that game like, like there's still a lot of insane love for this thing that pretty sh- people yeah. were pretty shocked to see it again and then um, also that led me to believe Darkwing is, is worthy of a resurrection the comic book The Duck Knight Returns really yeah. really fun really oh, really yeah. fun totally works
2: Aaron and James have really done a great job mm-hmm. of capturing the feeling of the show, especially in the new run mm-hmm. uh, that's just finishing up. In fact, last Wednesday, the second volume, collecting another six or seven issues or something of of uh, Darkwing, came out. They really captured the feeling of the, of yeah. the show. They've done a fantastic job. It's just uh, it's, it's a
0: show that gets superhero tropes when the world has never been more aware of that. And well,
2: I, let me let me say this. Sure. Uh, I know the guy's working on the new Ducktales. Mm-hmm. If you're a big fan of Darkwing, I would say watch all the episodes of Ducktales. Uh-huh, vote <sighs> with your uh, <laughs> and I'm like not saying views and I'm saying specifically watch episodes of Ducktales because <laughs> Frank Ngones, uh who's like the co-producer of it and you know the head of story, he basically you know they said look you can use other characters in the Disney Afternoon, and he said what can I have, and they said everything. Wow, ex- uh. except for Chip and Dale. Mm-hmm. Because in theory, that movie's still in development. Interesting. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it doesn't mean that gummy bears will be bouncing down the streets of Duckburg. Yeah, but they have an episode where they discover an ancient, you know, vial of gummy berry juice. Oh, nice! You know, so you could have like an ancient castle overgrown with ivy and realize that's a big statue of a bear. Why is that? I will say that I'm very excited for the new show. <sighs> So uh, before Ted For does, people oh. who are all about nostalgia, I have this to say uh-huh. it is like Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Right now, in the recent past, there is Elementary on CBS. <laughs> there's Benedict Cumberbatch. There is uh, Robert Downey Jr. from, you know, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. There's, of course, the old Basil Rathbone ones. Although George C. Scott was Sherlock Holmes, they all went back to the source material and put their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what they're taking as a source material is number one, Karl Barks. Yes. Don Rosa. Yes. The old short subjects. Mm. Um and of course DuckTales, you know, cartoon. So they're not saying, and people have asked, why'd they change the voices? Because they're not saying, let's do a show just like they did 30 yeah. years ago. It's like, no, we're doing a show for this century. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, how do we do Darkwing, for that matter, mm-hmm. or Launchpad. It's like, how do we do that character? How mm-hmm. are we going to bring him back? How are we going to make him something fresh for today's audience? Mm-hmm. So it's not like Mickey Mouse, where he Mickey keeps coming back, at least up to this time, up to recent shorts, mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, it's Mickey, Doll and Goofy are clock cleaners, yeah. and now they are whalers, musketeers. and now they are, you know, and then a few years go by, and they beca- they're suddenly all in suburbia, because guess what? All the animators had moved this bird. <laughs> um, <Coincidence. laughs> as if they were all whalers and clock mm-hmm. cleaners before that. You know, they were actors that were recast over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. This loses that idea, except for Donald, who's the original voice. Tony Anselmo? Um, Tony Anselmo, yes. But everybody else, it's like, no, we're not using the actor. We're going back to the source material and creating a new series. And what they're doing is just like, you know... I can't say on the internet, but <laughs> here and then in person, I'll say, "Okay, I swear you to secrecy. This is what's going on," and jaws drop. Wow! Because it's just like, oh, "That makes sense. <sighs> oh, that's so cool." So this is to, when I what I said about continuity and Darkwing, as in having none of it. Um, <laughs> this is the opposite. This is like, "Oh, they thought throughout, and every time they introduce a character, you know, I will say this." Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> mm, I will say that I shouldn't say it. It's <laughs> <laughs> in a secrecy. It's okay. It's fine. So every, just the attention to detail is, is fantastic there. And um, how they introduce stuff, who they cast as something is, you know, super excited for. But it's not the old DuckTales it's a brand new show based on the same stuff DuckTales was based on. So, uh, yeah,
5: before you go, Ted, I want you to clear something up that I've just discovered in doing research. Uh, <laughs> so I read in an interview that you claim that uh, Darkwing Duck and uh, DuckTales take place in alternate dimensions. And as, as a little kid, my Alternate morbid-
2: universes. Alternate universes. As a
5: little kid, my morbid brain thought, oh, uh, Uncle Scrooge must have died. That's why Launchpad <laughs> is working for someone else, and he never mentions it. Like, no one ever mentions it. Was that just a way to sort of explain, like, I like this character, but I don't want the baggage of DuckTales coming with him.
2: Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's not like I said it at the time. We just... I mean, we not only changed Dark, our Launchpad's personality, Mm -hmm. made him a lot stupider. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He
5: was a lot stupider.
3: uh, I am the tenor that sings in the night.
2: I am the uh, uh, the, the road salt that uh, rots the underside of your car. We... We changed his design. If you look at the old oh, model wow. sheets and the Darkwing model sheets, he looked entirely different. Hmm. Nerdist made a big had a big rant, and of mm-hmm. course, and then they had me on to rebut. And of course, you had to pay to watch my rebuttal. <laughs> so, so much for the internet. Yeah, I tried to explain uh, it as
0: when you see Daffy Duck show up as Robin Hood, you don't automatically assume Daffy Duck was born in the 14th century. That's true. Yeah, Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: So anyway, what I took them to task on was to say you guys aren't nerdy enough. Yeah. <laughs> You haven't seen enough cartoons. Now, who hasn't seen the Star Trek episode where they go into the evil dimension? <laughs> and yes, there's an evil Spock and an evil Scotty and an evil, you know, all of those. I mean, you know, while the good Captain Kirk is trying to fake his way through. That's what I was saying. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's an alternate dimension because people said, he's, he's lame. He's so stupid because I know the episode. Yeah, the one I wrote that episode. Yeah, <laughs> I know that one. Uh, all I was saying is that. Basically, it comes down to this: If you drop a safe on somebody in Darkwing's universe, they're probably okay.
0: Yeah.
2: If you drop a safe on somebody in the old Ducktales, no, not that you would, because they'd probably be dead.
0: Yeah. You can't and hit. That,
2: you can't that hit Scrooge in a the face. Whole of the different flying sensibility. Pan. There was, you know, Darkwing had way more cartoon physics than than Ducktales did. Yeah. So I mean, it got blown out of proportion because people couldn't get through their heads. That's the internet. Alternate universe things. <laughs> you know, they said, "No, I saw them standing next to each other." Well, I've yes. accepted it. <laughs> and kids usually don't matter. You just say, Oh yeah, here he is, and then every once in a while you try to work things out like Scrooge is dead. Wow. <laughs> They're being disrespectful, you know. Uh
0: well Tad, this has been amazing. Uh Darkwing Duck. And again, the the look of the universe, I just love it. I love it so much. Every I think I said every once a month I go on eBay and almost oh, click yeah. on that four hundred dollar thunder quack, my favorite <laughs> plane in the entire universe. Uh, doesn't quite happen. Can't justify it yet.
2: Is that like full sized?
0: It's the it's the toy. <laughs> Does it fly. It, we were talking about how like uh the Disney afternoon was so prevalent, and it was up against cartoons that were kind of vessels to sell toys where there weren't a lot of toys available for the Disney afternoon shows
5: yeah. I never saw a
2: sea duck at Toys R Us
0: Someone said there was one I just really? never wow. saw it I, I never saw never but saw Darkwing either. Duck toys the, um, I did see
2: You know a lot of that stuff is was I mean I have the catalog mm-hmm. of the second line of Darkwing toys
0: They were great prototypes were, were
2: made but mm-hmm. they didn't happen and it really comes to people say why didn't they do that why didn't they do that it's they evidently didn't sell enough to require oh. all that. Hmm. I mean, once I said I was with some toy guys and I said, oh, they they sell at least like, you know, they should sell like superheroes and the Warner Brothers characters. And they said, don't say that (laughs) (laughs) because they say the Warner Brothers characters sell nothing. Oh, you know. Mm. And this is back before now. Any cartoon character when you talk about and Disney actually Mm -hmm. did a lot of this. You know, you're talking about fashion and clothes Mm -hmm. and and retro stuff. You know, back then it was just about toys yep. and things like that. And, you know, Transformers sold a lot and G.I. Joe sold a lot. But when it came to anthropomorphic cartoon shows, huh. it was a little bit, it wasn't kitty enough, I think. Huh. And it was too kitty for an older crowd. Mm. So, the, or basically every parent has a limited budget and, you know, it's what the kids were excited about. Huh. that makes a lot of sense. Most of the reasons when people get upset about why didn't you do blank. <laughs> It's because it didn't make enough money, money. or yeah, not I enough people watched things. it. Yeah. And just because you were insane about it and had <laughs> Darkwing painted on your wall, I'm sorry not everybody felt that way.
0: I just personally I, want people to check out uh, what Darkly Dawns the Duck. Really, really fun uh, pilot. Um,
2: oh, let me say something real quick. Please, sure. People call that about the the real pilot, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's on any of the DVDs. It's not. Is, um uh, that sinking feeling. Yeah, that was the. F- in other words, it was a real pilot, and that was the first script written. Uh, got great animation by our Australian studio, and I think it's a hilarious show by a very talented writer. Um, <laughs> was that more the, multi-episode? The Darkling dons Dawn the, the duck came much later. Yes, Basically, we put it off until we had to do it to fit into the schedule to come out first. If
0: I'm, if I'm not but mistaken, was that was not the... In the
2: way it was produced. That
0: was so. the the pilot people who saw it on network saw it there was another something else aired on the disney channel but i i i might have never seen it because i didn't yeah, have it, would it have thing.
2: been on yeah it would have basically it was for syndication
0: mm-hmm.
2: it would be shown as a feature on a friday night they would mm-hmm. talk about it being played vertically meaning from seven to ten mm-hmm. and then it would be cut into individual episodes that you know would play later in the you know in the cycle so you had 13 weeks of episodes um so that was it. It was in this local syndicated. Disney Channel did not have that because it wasn't done in time. Nice. They they were li- allowed to play X mini episodes and had to be off the air and then rested and then September would come for the big launch of syndication shows.
0: This has been illuminating on one of my yeah, favorite characters. So um, all right. um, seriously, like this, all this stuff was. I wasn't much of a GI Joe Transformer kid. The Disney afternoon was my thing. Me too. Um, that I really, really enjoyed it. It um, left a lasting impact on me, and I can't wait to see the new stuff. There's well, new some t-
2: of my favorite stuff too. My favorite shows in my career were Darkwing and Hellboy animated. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, they were just for different reasons. They were just my favorite things, and uh, I'm glad to see people, you know, put new energy to them. And when I go to a convention, just finally hear it from the audience, you know, saying how much it meant to them—not just being funny, but that Goslin Darkwing relationship. Yeah just made a huge impact on people.
0: It's really fun to revisit as well. You can you can find some some on iTunes, some on uh, YouTube. If you have a $1.99, I think. I, I don't. I haven't bought a show off YouTube yet. I don't know what that's like. Yeah, there
5: are two DVD and sets, too.
0: There are two DVD sets uh, on Amazon. Uh, Tad, you said you didn't have anything to plug, but you got a Twitter,
2: right? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Uh, on Instagram. I have a blog that I hardly ever update, mm. so I wouldn't look for me there, but it's always under my name, so search for Tad Stones and feel free to follow me. And every once awesome. in a while he actually print, you know, post artwork. thank Oh you so, great.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Ted. Alright. Oh, thank no. you guys.
2: He's a
3: hero. He's a hero. He'll make everything right. He's a hero. He's a hero. And he knows it tonight. He's a hero. He's a hero. He's, a hero. He's dark duck. He's darkwing duck.
0: Well, that concludes our exhaustive look at Disney Afternoon. Uh, I hope you guys really liked it. It was really fun. Um, it, I found uh, it
1: very informative.
0: A weird little experiment that we did. Now that it's down to like Dave and I, the two mm-hmm. of us full time. Um, and you can help us hey, out. Tad,
1: he, Tad's going to be here every week, right? No, 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 no. Oh. no, no. Like,
0: we can't afford him. He's got a Netflix <laughs> show to produce. Oh. Uh, Kalupari, the, the Army of Frogs or whatever. on uh, Netflix, yes. You can watch that right now. He's also done a bunch of stuff with Hellboy and uh, Wow Turok. Like he, like He's done a... a, a the Simpsons. He's done a lot of work on a lot of animated programs. Really instrumental in a lot of the stuff I love. It's was really great to get a chance to talk to him. And you can follow him on Twitter. But that wraps up our show. You can go to laserdinepodcast.com for more. Again, the show was inspired um, by the min- these mini documentaries that I was making for the Disney Afternoon Collection. The six-game collection that is out now on PS4, Steam, and Xbox One. This is not a paid plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I did make these videos for the game and I would love it if you guys check it out. It was really fun to be able to research these things that have never been able to release their grasp on the beautiful part of my brain that holds them very dear. Dave, you should check out at least Darkwing Duck.
2: Really yeah. good.
1: I mean, look, I before you, you know... Uh, Waxed nostalgic about it. I didn't know that Darkwing Duck was more of a kind of self-aware cartoon. I just yeah. thought like, oh, it's you know another Disney cartoon, and I'm I wasn't so much into the Batman the Animated Series yeah. kind of stuff because I and Is that's what serious? I well yeah that's what I thought Darkwing Duck was it's like no. oh just this kind of serious show like maybe funny but in the Ducktales way of being funny or the Tailspin yeah. way of being funny but not like no, we,
0: it, it, we it, know immediately of, there's yeah. a stark contrast in the intro whereas like. Baloo or Scrooge would never take a frying pan over the face yeah. or have an anvil dropped on his head. Like mm-hmm. Darkwing would. He's okay. constantly getting yeah. hurt, uh, putting himself in danger. First slapstick, and mm-hmm. like that wasn't something that Disney Afternoon did. And some of the episodes look so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I can't promise anything, but we do video commentaries yeah. on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Time. It's how we're supported. It's how we've been alive for, uh, mm-hmm. shit, five years and running. Yeah. We'd love to do more episodes like this for you on other subjects. And mm-hmm. we have done many other shows yeah. uh, about this. I love that I did a show called Many Ducks Were Given, just about <laughs> famous ducks. Uh, Scrooge is in there, but also Duckman, Howard, yeah. Guardians fans. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, but we also, I mean, we, we talked about this on Bonus mm-hmm. Time, which is our Patreon exclusive mm-hmm. show. Five dollars, a month gets you that show weekly, gets you those cartoon commentaries you mentioned. Cheap podcast, pro wrestling podcast, two Monday night movies a month. But um, you, we met, like we mentioned on bonus time recently mm-hmm. that like yes, we're going to be doing episodes like this, but we're also going to be do- doing episodes that you yes. know and love, where we have guests that you you know are more fam- probably, familiar with Bob, probably Henry, very soon. Uh, Mike Grimm, mm-hmm. all you know the whole gang, mm-hmm. you know making fun of music, making fun of pop culture stuff. Yeah, but yeah, like. You know, it's great that we have stuff like. this. It seemed so, like, like where... a
0: perfect time to do a deep dive into this yeah, people have, have this... asked for it before. I yeah. do want to give a quick shout out to Hollander Cooper, who was yeah. who was very they instrumental in. Yeah, he was supposed to be here, but okay. uh, scheduled he had to be out of the country, and
1: he's got a child now.
0: But we, I really would love to have him on. No, he, I talked to him like one night, all night huh. about this subject. Yeah, and... but
1: he was also on a pre- previous episode yes. about uh, about conspiracies. Theories.
0: We got a laser time all about back to our pilots. For they hear about fluffy dogs and yeah. maybe even soccer mania. Yep. Um, and I believe we also talked about the uh, Fluffy Dogs on 30, 30, 2010, yeah. our show that goes
1: back 10, 20, and thirty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in this case, eighty seven, ninety seven, two thousand seven. Uh, so we're probably what like a year or so off from like we're start from the Disney afternoon stuff starting to kick in. Yeah, but yeah, like we're starting to see the beginnings of Disney doing mm-hmm. you know televised animation. It, it took them. 40 years
0: to get into that medium. It was just rerunning stuff from uh, the 40s and 50s at that Mm. point. But thank you so much for joining us. We're going to close out with the Immortal Darkwing Duck rap song. Thank you guys so much for listening. Tell a friend. Like us on Facebook. We love you. Peace.
3: Well, what was that? What was that? Darkwing Duck is on the attack. Got a warning for criminal cartoons. This is it. Bang, boom, you're doomed. Darkwing Duck is chilling in town. He don't want criminals hanging around. If there's something you're gonna take, take my advice. Play it, safe. Darkwing <laughs> Duck.